and welcome to Better Than Mario Brothers podcast, where we dive into cinema's sewer. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, my partner in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And we are rounding off our little He-Man mini-season, if you will, on the network with a look back at 1987's travesty, in my opinion. Uh, Wait, Barry yeah, way to bury Lee, I know. The Gary Goddard directed Masters of the Universe. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, yeah, I, w- I won't bury the lead. I hated this film as a kid. Um, so it, it seems it does seem to have found its audience now. Some people yeah. do like this film now. Um, people do come out in defense of this. I hated it as a kid and I was hoping maybe I'd watch it now and maybe rediscover it and find something to like removed from the source material. Um, no. <laughs> in, in, in a word, I mean, there is there is some stuff in here. There, like it's not it's not a complete abortion. Um, no, I mean I but... I'm the other way. I mean I had this. We um, most of the films and stuff we had we recorded off the TV, and this was one of the few that I was I actually got bought. I had it for Christmas. Um, I had this and Thundercats Ho, and my brother had Transformers the movie and something else. I want to say Return to Oz, but I don't know why. But they were like the only pre-recorded actual proper tapes we had. So this motherfucker got watched like all the time. Your brother had the best end of the bargain there. Um... Well, I mean, debatable because I wasn't. I, I didn't like the Wizard of Oz at the time. It scared the shit out of me. So Return um... to Oz is fucking phenomenal, though. That is a great film. It uh, is. At, least, I, at least I remember it being a great yeah, film. I, was just, I, 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 I appreciate it <laughs> a lot more now. I haven't watched it in years, but I appreciate it a lot more now than I did. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, I, I used to watch this film a lot because A, it was one of the ones we had and B, it was mine. Yeah. So it was like, right. it got fucking rolled out all the time. Now, I did go down to my parents' house at the weekend to find it. I found the tape, but my old man had chucked all the fucking video players out. Excellent. So I, I had to then go and find it digitally instead. Yeah. So I did, I, I did it properly. I got it through, um, through uh, Amazon on their MGM channel. I took the free trial, um, which I immediately cancelled. Yeah, um, it's, it's not the easiest <laughs> thing to find digitally. No, um, I was surprised because I thought even if it's not, um, even if it's not on any of the free services, you'll be able to buy it. And can you? That's fuck? what I thought. That's what I thought, and I was I was definitely willing to throw down maybe fourteen, fifteen quid for this if I needed to. I was, um, I was thinking, oh, no, I'll, I'll chuck seven, eight quid at this. I'll be quite happy to do that. I could not fucking get it. Nope. Love no money. Nope. I, I think that is probably more the result of the fact that obviously the show uh, and the and the license is is in the throes of a reinvention. So yes. there is probably all sorts of licensing issues flying around there more than anything. Um, it is still available on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, we unfortunately couldn't wait for those to be delivered because yes. it's not on Amazon Prime or anything like that. It's, it's resellers. Um, but you can get all of it if you want it. Or, yeah, as Mark said, uh, for those of us in the UK, uh, if you sign up to a subscription with the MGM channel on Amazon, you can get it that way. It's yeah. also available on YouTube, but please don't <laughs> do that. <laughs> um, yeah, please pay for uh, please or, pay. For or at least get the free trial because um, well, yeah, I'm still going to pay for that. Yeah, technically, it's not you're not paying for it. We didn't pay for it technically because of free trials. But yeah, but I pay for Prime, so I, that's how I got it. So yeah, motherfuckers still getting paid. It's on the up and up. Someone's someone's getting about two pence for you watching that via Prime. So <laughs> if, if that even two pence more than they would have had otherwise if, if that even um so yeah i mean i i watched it quite a lot as a kid as well um i'm trying to think if i i don't think i had it pre-recorded um like you i i used to record like i think that was just a thing in the 80s like everybody's yeah, yeah. dad loved recording films off the tv didn't they yeah like i remember you, my you, uncle used to my, my he had a like a like i've got now with dvds except he um he is raw copies and pirates and all the rest of it but literally 
he had hundreds of videotapes and um, they were all just a little fucking sticker with a number on it. And then he was corresponding with a book and that tape had four films on it because yep. fucking long play. Um, and yeah, so I mean, that, no, that's what he did. Um, so he never bought a fucking video in his life. Um, but he had hundreds of the bloody things, if not thousands. Um, yeah. Annoyingly, if he was still around, he'd have probably still had this because he would throw fuck all out. Um, but yeah, it was, so that was that was what he did. He recorded it off the TV, and it would that was just the way you got stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, but I did, it was on TV a lot. I remember yeah. it being on ITV a fucking lot. So mm. I did see this is a lot as a kid. Um, I did, this was probably my first real encounter with just absolute disappointment. Is, is the thing with this? <laughs> like that's a bit harsh. No, it absolutely because like you got to bear in mind, as I said on the on the show last week, like He Man was everything to me as a kid. Like I loved the action figures and everything. I was well into the law and the world. I fucking loved the cartoon. This thing was my world. And you know, here I am, a scant six, seven years old. Uh, probably by the time I get to see this for the first time, I would have been renting it. So probably more like eight or nine. Uh, but I'm still very much into He Man, and I'm expecting to see all of my favorites on the screen. Yeah. Um, and I just don't get that. This is this now, now in fairness, as years have gone on and as I've become more well-versed in He-Man lore, um, there is an argument to be made that actually says, you know, this is actually more faithful to the original toy line than the cartoon. Um, I mentioned last week, the comics that came with the toy line originally painted He-Man as more of this kind of barbarian figure. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and this feels closer to that. Yeah, than the fair. actual cartoon so there is an argument to be made this you know says actually it could be quite a faithful uh adaptation and and actually you know as we've said on the show before and as we said way back on episode one when we were talking about mario brothers is we also have to look at this as its own thing like yeah. yes it's called you know masters of the universe um and i believe it is called masters of the universe as well rather than yes. he-man and the masters of the universe okay yes, so it's, it's not it's not directly linked to the cartoon no. It's Masters of the Universe. That's an important distinction that some of you motherfuckers out there need to make. Yeah. Um, but that's going to take us way off topic. Um, <laughs> so, it, you know, it is called Masters of the Universe. And, and so I, I shouldn't have expected it to be like the cartoon, which was. But, uh, but as, a, as a kid, you wouldn't you wouldn't, be able, no, you you wouldn't know, make that differentiation. It's, it would be, it's fucking He-Man. And no. especially, especially once you see Skeletor and you see Sorceress and you see He-Man, it's like, well, it's fucking He-Man. Um, I had similar, I, I didn't, I wasn't disappointed by that as a kid, but I was very confused as to why it wasn't on Eternia and Orko wasn't in it. And fucking, you know, that was the thing that got me. And especially because, like, having, you know, we were saying that my, my brother being a little bit older, um, a little bit older than you, we had, no, we had loads of fucking toys and we had the He-Man Shiro Christmas special, which we taped off TV. I don't know. And we had we we did have a couple of episodes on a tape, which my mother had managed to sort of, you know, get off the TV as well. So we did have you know, that sort of exposure to it. So this was very different. And not, no, I would have been that young when this came out. I would have been fucking four or five or something. So wouldn't have seen it in the cinema. So when when I first saw this, I okay, that's he man. That's great. Um, why is he wearing a fucking cape? Um, that was yeah. that was the first thing. Generally, that was my first thing. He man doesn't wear a cape. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, hey, where's Orko? And where's Battle Cat? Yep. And all this sort of stuff. And then it didn't, I say, it was just different. And I think as as I've got older, I've sort of come to appreciate it more as it's not the cartoon um, and it's a separate thing. And if you look at the, um, you look at the remake that's on the, or that's on the, the reboot or that's on Netflix now, um, that is very faithful, that tries to be very faithful to the cartoon, but it is building a wider, it's trying to build a wider uh, universe than you see. 
yes. uh, in the cartoon. And this this kind of feels like that, whereby they go, well, okay, it's a big old universe. They don't have to always be on Eternia. Other shit can happen elsewhere. Yeah, and that's uh, fine, but... It doesn't have to that, be Earth, does it? <laughs> it doesn't have to be Earth. It could be any fucking planet. It could, no, th- at this point, we've had things, no, we've had fucking Star Wars, which this owes a lot to. Well, we'll come yeah, on to that uh, in a minute. I, I, most um, of my notes are like, am I watching Star Wars? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll come on to that in a minute. Um, so, no, we've, we've had Star Wars. We've had fucking Blade Runner. We've had Star Trek for fucking 40 years, or 30 years at this point. So we know we can do other planets. Why does it have to be Earth? Because then you could, you know, if you, then nobody's going to bat an eyelid at a fucking ginger dwarf with a big nose. No, I mean this is this is a very confused movie. That's that's yeah. the problem. I feel like there are actually two, and we've said this a lot with some of the other stuff we've we've looked at that that we we can't quite make our mind up on, and I feel like that with this as well. There are two decent movies in here. Yeah. Not not brilliant, but Passable. decent. Problem is they don't mesh. Yeah. Um. But you, you actually hit on, for me as a kid, believe it or not, the, the two main things. It, it's, it's interesting because it was, we haven't discussed this beforehand. No, we don't, we don't do you, planning, kids. No, you, you just hit the exact two things that have always bugged me about this film as a kid. And I've carried them through as an adult. And I thought it on this watch through as well. First of all was, yeah, absolutely. Why is he wearing a cape? That's the first thing I thought as well. And secondly, like the big thing for me, like I actually quite like the cape. I think especially like looking at it now, I think Dolph Lundgren's wearing that fucking cape. He oh, pulls it off. Look, looking at it now like, at nearly 40, yeah, I agree. But at, no, at five or six, so that, yeah, on, that's he not right. Wear a cape. No, no capes, darling. Um, but he's, he looks like your archetypal drawing of a D&D fighter in, in yeah. this film. Like, he looks he looks badass. Like I, I've got to say, like, coming at it now, I fucking love the look of He-Man in this film. I think he looks fucking badass. Mm. Um, and, and he's... I think he looks better actually than than even the He Man looks in in the new adaptation now because he's he's not so stacked he's not ridiculous yeah, he's not, muscular yeah, not completely ripped yeah I, I think I think Dolph Lundgren looks fucking badass yeah. um, but the main thing for me that always bugged me and still does and is the worst thing about this film is that why have we got Gwildo instead of Orko like you you like look we've had Jawas at this point that's yeah. what Orko is yeah. like why why do you not have Orko I, I don't understand the logic. And like, let's be fair, it's going to be easier to put a yes, little person in yes, that yes, costume than it's been make the fucking prosthetic face. Wildo definitely cost more than an orco would have, hmm. without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. And then all you do is you do away with him being this kind of engineer with the magical key, and you make the magical key magic. magic. Yeah. I do that. And that's and that's how orco can use it. Yeah. Plus, you know, that's that's straight away then like. That, that's a character that we recognise. So, okay, we've got He-Man, we've got Teela, and we've got Man-at-Arms, who are the three most normal human characters. Yeah. So, it, to throw Orko in at least gives us something mystical on that side. Because well, yeah. it's not it's not even like you're not having these sort of mystical, magical creatures. Because we've got Skeletor, yeah. we've got Beast-Man, yeah. we've got Evil-Lin. Yeah. Like, just you've give got, us You've got the fucking one with the, the Beethoven fucking hair. They fucking yeah. Joanna Lumley after a night out. Kang, Korg, Karg, I, I don't rate. Like, I, did he ever exist in the toy line? No, I, he, I think he was remember. new. For the, I think he was new for the film. Um, he may have existed. There, there were some toys that came out for the film. Yeah. Um, because you had him and the guy who Skeletor offs um when they fail first time. Blade. No, he was the one with the swords. The no, other Blade one with, makes it to the end. Yeah, he? the one with the the one with the weird fucking helmet. Because on on the toy, he had um a clicky back a thing that clicked on his back. And if you if you did it just right, you were fucking static off his mouth. Yeah, I know the guy you mean. Um, so, so yeah, there's no reason they could have had Orko. So that that's always the thing. And I know that sounds right. That sounds for all the criticism 
that I will level at any of the fucking dick hurt fanboys that are going on about the fucking new Netflix show. Yeah. Like that is my one that is my one fucking bridge that I am gonna burn. Like it, it, it's, it, I need Orko in this film. Without Orko, it just doesn't seem like. And, and it's weird that Orko is the thing, isn't he? Because we criticised him last week and, and, and said like how you know he, he's always dicking around and his puns are terrible and what have you. But he just feels like such an integral. He's he's the heart of what that show I was, is. Really. I was going to say he he's the heart. And I think what they've tried to do is they've tried to make Gwildor this or the equivalent. Yeah, and by making him quirky and a bit different, but then you give the puns to fucking Courtney Cox's boyfriend, and yeah. they don't land. No, and all and, of a sudden you, you 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 are very much missing some vital component of what makes it He-Man. You you definitely are, and I'm not, I'm not going to turn this into me defending the new show, okay? Um, but I'll put it my need flag. Defending, it's fucking I, awesome. Yeah, it really is, and I think my flag is already in the sand from what I've said here. Um, so, yeah. but I'm not going to carry on about in this episode. But I think that is. One of the key things that shone through to me, I, I watched that thing in one straight run yeah, on Friday same. night. And the key thing that shone through to me there was the work they did with Orko is really, that's what made it feel like the show I watched as a kid. Yeah. Like they, they don't overuse him, but they give him a big chunk of heavy lifting to do. Yes. And there's some huge emotional heft behind him as a character. Yeah. And that takes me to that universe and that is missing here and it's huge and it shouldn't be because he's a stupid little character yeah, that who everybody fucking hates but he's he's just there's something about him that is integral to unlocking this universe i think well but i anyway. think the thing the thing is that so because because they've tried to make a character who is so similar it, it's more That's noticeable what it is, isn't it he's so similar but yet also so different very different yeah and and you know, if, if they if they just said look fuck it we're not gonna have orco we're not gonna have an orco substitute we're going to focus on no, this is a battle bit of Masters yeah. of the Universe. It's not a feel good story. It's not a how can we get away with this? This is all out fucking war, which we don't see in the cartoon ever. Nope. No, this is no, this is battling for supremacy. This is fucking fighting. This is no, going to other planets and fighting over them. Fine, I'm got a problem with that. Do that, and you say, okay, well, it's not the He Man I know, yep. but it kind of fits. And when yep. they get back, you can have a you know, Orko could have a fucking cameo at the end. Yep, and they can tell him all about it. Happy days. But no, instead they try and force fucking uh, uh, fucking Gwildor on us instead, and you're just like, what's this fucking noise? Yeah, and, and it's I mean, literally no. The, 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 I, I, I'm, I'm sure Bill Barty must be paid by the word because he said every line fucking twice. I, and look, here's the thing as well. Um, Billy Barty, uh, especially now as an adult, now, now I'm aware of his further work. Um, Billy Barty actually is is quite a special voice to me. Um, mm. Billy Barty is um, for 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 those of you out there that. The follow the show, you'll know I'm a huge theme park fan. And Billy Barty's the voice of Figment the Dragon um, from Journey into Imagination at, at Epcot, which was a huge, huge part of my childhood. Still is to this day. I've got stuffed figments downstairs. My wife bought me a stuffed figment for my 40th birthday, right? So this is he voices a character that's huge to me. Um, now, I didn't put two and two together as a kid, but first time watching this now in probably 15 years, as soon as he started speaking, I was like, oh, yeah, it's fucking Billy Barty. But then... I couldn't get Figment out of my head. Yeah. Um, and and the problem is, like, for as much as I, I adore his voice and adore his work uh, as Figment and actually some of the other stuff he's done as well. He's, you know, Billy Barty does do a lot of voices and he's done a lot of Disney as well. Yeah. Um, he's fucking shit in this. I'm sorry, I'm not going to mince my words. There are very few people who are, let's be fair. <laughs> what? I, I mean, Frank Langell is really fucking good. But he's, he's really good at everything, good. though. Yeah, but he's he's really fucking good at this. Yeah. Apart from the post-credit scene, which we'll talk about when we get. Yeah, to I've that forgotten about that. Well. 
Um, well, let's dive into it then, shall we? Because we're, we're kind of talking in general around the film at the moment, yeah. which is fine. But, you know, we like to kind of go through these things and pull them apart. So let's. Yeah. So I tell you what, I actually I was quite excited about rewatching this because it has been a long time. I haven't really watched it since I was a kid. Yes. Um, I think I think I might have watched it once when I was in uni. I think one of us might have because we still had a VHS player in our house. And I think one of us. Uh, possibly and might have dug out a VHS of this and so I may have watched it in uni once but you know that's 20 years ago now so it's been a long fucking time since I watched this and I was quite excited I was hoping it was a lot better than I remembered Um, and I got off to a flyer with this because and I can't believe I didn't remember this as well the first thing you see on screen is the fucking Canon logo yeah. And and Canon, again, is just one of those things that like yeah. how we, I think this is the first Canon picture that we've actually done on that sh- on this yes. show. Yes, it is. And how that's fucking possible, given the premise of this show, <laughs> it blows my mind. Yeah. I mean, there, there are certain ones. There's that and there's um the um the video collection, the, the yes. TVC logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah. there are some there are things like that that you just as soon as you see, like, oh, yeah, I remember just that. Bring you back. And, and I mean. Canon, without a shadow of a doubt, are responsible for some of the worst films that have ever been made. But I absolutely fucking adore them because I yes. watched them over and over as a yeah. child until the fucking tape snapped. Yeah, um, absolutely. So seeing the Canon logo really took me back. So straight away, I'm like, all right, this is going to be OK. Yeah. Um, and the whole intro as well. Re- like I was getting dead excited. Like they front load all the story in the intro. Yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of that. So we don't have to bother flashing back and everything. Now, you can hold me to that later on because I am going to contradict myself. Um, but I like the whole intro. You know, we, we get this fucking opening theme as well. Uh, and the first time we see He-Man fighting, we get this theme, which, like, literally, like, the composer's just been watching fucking Donna's Superman, hasn't he? Because, I was just, you know, that was exactly what I was going to say. When, when it comes up with Gary Gordon, I was, I was expecting to say Richard Donner. Yeah, uh, because that <laughs> is theme. Yeah, that I mean the, the the theme and even like the way they even where they animate the sort the the, um, the colors behind the, the credits, um, and yeah. like seriously, it might as well be fucking shooting around the screen in in three uh, D letters. Yep, and he's got his cape on as well. Um, again, Gary Goddard, incidentally, um, just just trivia for those of you out there, because I don't really think we're going to talk too much about the the ongoing career of Gary Goddard here, um, largely because didn't really have one in film yeah. uh, but again again the park nerd in me does know that gary goddard has gone on to shoot just about every q video you can think of for universal like if you go to universal studios and there is a a, a pre-ride section from kind of the 90s to early 2000s mm. goddard has done it <laughs> that's what he went on to do after this um which you know uh, fair point. Motherf- the career motherf- stuff. yeah motherfuckers got to eat yeah I think he actually opened his own company, but I wouldn't swear by that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so there you go. Um, so he's done all right out of it. And in fairness, um, I think you know he he does a reasonable job of keeping this on the rails. I, well, I, I was going to say you you've kind of got to go. Well, you can only do so much. You, you know, you've got you've you've got to work with the script. You've got you've got to work with the cast. You've got you've got to work with the effects. You've got, and actually, in terms of holding it all together. He hasn't done a bad job. No, there, there are decisions I probably wouldn't have made. Um, but I think no, on, on the whole, no, this could have this could have been a bigger train wreck than it was. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, this, this definitely has the potential to be way worse than it is. Um, so, yeah, we get that opening theme. The credits are good. And then the um, Skeletor appears yeah. for the first time. Well, that was that was my thing. Actually, cause I remember um, I, I didn't remember this from the time, but I remember watching as I watched it last night. 
and that uh, the opening bit where again you get the uh, stormtroopers filing in, and yeah. I, I used to say stormtroopers as in actual stormtroopers, not Star Wars stormtroopers, because that, that's what militia were. Although so you get, they do but, actually look like Star Wars. Stormtroopers. Yeah, some, somebody's bought a job lot and sprayed on black. Yeah. Um, so you get that, but then you get the um, so the the close up of his feet as he's walking in with the with the cape, exactly like the same as the start of Jedi. Yeah, oh, it is. It, it's, it's a complete rip off of Jedi. It's, it's, uh, I mean, it doesn't get any better from there, but um, no, he, he he is the emperor here. You know, um, I look, it, like it Frank McKellar is, is fucking great. Okay, yes. um, and I actually, especially in watching it now as an adult, um, I, I think this is a fucking phenomenal performance. Yes. Um, but as a child, and even now as an adult, like this is not. Skeletor. No, and I think this is the all. problem. Is that <laughs> and same problem with with Andrew and Man as well? Is that yes, okay, you know they are no, it's, it's a live action version. But when you're a kid, you you, it's very different to sort of reconcile live action and, and animation anyway. Mm. Um, so and like even when you go into things like the Thundercats movie and the Transformers movie you had at the time, they were still animated. Yeah, and I you know you never saw. No, they never cross paths. No, never the financial meet sort of thing. Your live action films, you had your Rockies, you had you, know, you had your Star Wars, and then you had your cartoons, and they you know, they never mixed, apart from Roger Rabbit. But you know, that's a yeah. different story altogether. So this was no, for me. This was like okay, that's somebody who looks like Skeletor. Yeah, it's, but he it's, doesn't sound like Skeletor, and he doesn't. He doesn't look act like Skeletor. Like Skeletor is, is more crucially the character is wrong. And again, we we have to meet this on its own too. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah we, absolutely. We can discuss that with. With Mario's band, it's interesting. We've done this um, with a few franchise movies from kind of the 80s and 90s now on this show. Yeah. Same thing happens with Mario. Same thing happens with Mortal Kombat. You know, where it, it seems like in the past when they were doing these adaptations, there was very much a, a feeling of, well, we can't just take that because that's a fucking toy line or that's a video uh, game. So, so we, we have to sort of age it up and we, we have to make it serious. Whereas actually one of the, I think, real triumphs of the mcu one of the things that marvel has brought us now yeah. is the acceptance of like no 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 it can be exactly it yeah. like it is in the, it is what, it is what it or is. the show like because good is good yeah. and you know if you treat it seriously and you go for it with all your heart and you go with it with love then people will take that journey with you yes. whereas i think what was what is missing from these adaptations of the time is this general kind of cynicism of ah oh, but this is stupid kid stuff and and so it's this trying to grow it up that, that loses so much. And actually, I think despite the fact that obviously he's got to play to a certain extent what's on the page and the production design has a lot to do with it as well. Despite the fact that Langella isn't playing Skeletor as we know him, yeah. I think he is the only one, apart from possibly Dolph Lundgren, but the accent got in his way. I think he's the only one that's actually going, no, 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 this is... He-Man and Skeletor fighting. Yeah. This is like it, this is what it is. I'll I'll play it with all the gravitas that is required to be the villain, but this is what it is. And and he knows what he's doing, and I think he plays it very very well. Yeah, um, I was I was reading yesterday. His um the reason he took the role uh, in the first place, his son was a massive fan. Yes, and I, so he yeah. so he wanted to do justice to that. It's like, well, if my son's going to watch it, he's going to be expecting certain things. He's going to expect Skeletor to be this. So this is where I'm basing my performance on. He's going to be fucking expecting Skeletor to call people boobs, and he yes. doesn't. No. That's the problem. That's, that's what's missing is, is the general comedy 
from from Skeletor. Yes. And, and again, and you get it from other people though. You get it from Teela. You get it from He Man. You just don't get it from Skeletor. From Skeletor. And, and in every other iteration, you know, when Skeletor has been different and his backstory has changed in the other iterations, He Man as well. But that that kind of downtrodden sardonic humor has always been there. That's yes. like, oh, I'll get you next time, He-Man, you bungling boob. And so that's always been there. That like, you know, I almost did it, but of course I didn't because I'm fucking Skeletor and the whole world's against me. That yeah. That is essential to his character. Yes. And and it's, again, it's it's one of the things that they've nailed so well in the tone of the new one of like, yes. as threatening and as evil as Hamill makes him, he's still a fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, you know, you see him get he's, beaten quite badly yeah, in the third yeah, episode. Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, without, we want to give spoilers because obviously it's, it's only a week old, but in some respects, in with with the, with the series and and also this film, actually, he's kind of the ape that got lucky. He's the one that evolved. He's the one that you know, he's the first yes. one to realize he could use an opposable thumb. Yes, exactly. Like it, there's there's a certain amount of luck involved in everything yeah. that goes his way. Um, he, I mean, he is smart. Like especially again in, in the new one, he he devises this whole scheme, but mm. then you get the flashbacks. And and he's again like just everything's going wrong for him. So yeah. you know there is there is again not to spoil there is a little part of me watching this new one that you just go yes go on it's about time Skeletor yeah. go on it's about time kid <laughs> you you've tried hard fair play yeah. um, so yeah this doesn't feel like Skeletor to me that's no. the problem uh, but then we get He Man we get Man at Arms we get Teela and like yeah they they their own adaptations of them but yeah I have one... damn it. One you know. major problem with with Teela is that Chelsea Field has clearly never held a fucking gun before. Oh no, I've written that as well. <laughs> that. It's all it's always into a chest. Though. The fucking yeah, recall yeah. is going to break her ribs. It, it's awful. Like somebody really should have had a word with her about yeah. that. Um, <laughs> that yeah, that stood out. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're not. Aside from that, they're not bad versions of the characters. No, they fight. Like I said, they're not. They're not our characters from the animated show, but they're. They're taking it seriously, I think. Yeah. And everybody knows what they're playing. The relationships yeah. between Teela and Man at Arms as well. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all fine. It's all, this is all going really well for the first kind of five minutes. And then fucking Gwildor shows up. And, yeah. and we've already talked about this, but my notes here just say, just why the fuck couldn't he be Orko? Just yeah. cover him with a sheet and make him like a Jawa. Like, yeah. That's it. That's what no. I mean, it would have been it would have been cheaper, but I think it would have been made the show more relatable as well. Definitely, definitely. But you know, having said that, he annoys me when he shows up. But you know, actually, again, this this first part when we're on a tour, he was nipping along. We get that good action scene where we first get introduced to He Man and the rest of the guys, um, yeah. and then the exposition just nips along. Like for all I've just criticised Gwildo, like he piles through that exposition with oh, no yeah. at all. It just nips along. We get everything we need. Um, Why is it with dwarves and exposition? I, I don't know. They just they, they tend to give exposition to, to dwarves, apparently. Um, so, you know, it's all fine. It's nipping along fine, but it's just not He-Man. Like, yeah. like OK, fine. I can go with that as well at this point, because as I say, the action sequences are fine. The production design is gorgeous. Like, yeah. there's no taking away from that. This looks no. gorgeous, especially and, for the fact it's a canon film. Yeah, I mean, random piece of trivia as well. That um, The, the Grayskull throne room, um, that was two sound stages knocked into one. And for years, that was Hollywood's biggest set. Well, there you go. And and you can see, like, that is all on screen. There is yeah. money on this, despite the fact everything looks like it was fucking borrowed from Star Wars. Well, like, yeah. You know, Even the fucking big holes in the floor. Yeah, that, like, there, that is, as well. there is there is money on the screen, and it looks yeah, definitely. Like, but even if you put all of that aside, still a bit naff, isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah, 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 completely. Like, once once we get the exposition and you get the story, like, all right, this is a bit shit. But 
at this point, I'm still willing to go with it. Um, yeah, and, and again, there's, there's some nice bits where you, know, you, you do get this sort of sense of impending doom whereby they, you know, they, te- they, they teleport into the throne room rather than finding a fucking nice janitor's closet somewhere. They, yeah. They're right in the middle of the fucking army. Yeah. No. Oh, this was, again, that, no, that's classic Orko. That's yeah. him trying to do something and he get it slightly yeah, yeah. wrong. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, then at this point we get just the most gratuitous butt shot possible. Um, not complaining, but, but for some reason the cameraman just decides to shoot low angle, looking straight up at Teela's butt. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um, and again, like Dolph Lundgren's cleaning house and they get teleported to Earth and stuff. And, and he looks... Dolph Lundgren's presence as He-Man is mm. fucking brilliant. It's a shame his voice lets him down. It's, it, like, this is one of the worst performances I've ever heard. And and to be fair, it's early Dolph Lundgren, and I know yeah. for a fact that I remember reading, like, he couldn't speak English at this point. Yeah. So he's being phonetically fed lines. Yeah. Um, and it shows, you know, his delivery, um, I've written down here, this particularly bad one, um, when, he, when he first shows up on Earth, um, and he kind of saves that woman, and he's got a delivery of let her go. And yeah. it's absolutely atrocious. Yeah, like, it's just, it's, 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 there's no conviction behind it because he just, he's just making noises. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's saying. Um, yeah. Now, I do and, remember randomly reading a long time ago, actually. I think I sent you an article with like a, a mm. load of reasons why this is why this was such a bad film. This is a while ago. Yeah. Um, but I do remember reading that apparently he was contractually obliged to be able to try his lines three times over before they could overdub them. Right. And he strung it out so that eventually they ran out of time and they had to <laughs> use his line reads. Um, fair play. Fair play. Um, Again, got to eat. Yeah, yeah. So they, they ended up using his lines, um, which is, you know, bad as his performance is, I think I still prefer that to an overdub anyway. So that's well, I was, was going to say, it's, it's, the problem is his his voice is poor because, and so I'd, I'd forgotten about the other one not speaking English and it'd been done phonetically, but his, his voice is poor, his delivery is poor, but actually his presence is fucking incredible. Oh, superb. Like, I, I'd be up for seeing him play He-Man again, even now. Like, if you, you want yeah. to make a film now with old He-Man, particularly yeah. now his command of the language is better, and actually, you know, in the intervening years, he's shown himself to actually be a really fucking solid performer. Yeah, uh, and, and again, given his age, he's in fucking hell of a shape. It's, it's, yeah, he looks fucking superb. Um, like, I think the last thing I actually saw him in was Creed 2, but he was looking fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would be well up for him doing, like, old He-Man. Yeah. Um, and, and I know he's gone on record and said he would do it as well. Um, so... Yeah, I, I think he's his presence and what he brings to the character until he opens his mouth is excellent. And again, you just think, well, okay, if you know, if if you know that your your lead can't speak English and you know he's going to struggle, just don't give him so many lines. Yes, yeah, I mean the thing is, like it's we, a lot of things. No, yeah, you know. nobody, nobody's tuning into him. He man speak. No, you turn. They want to fucking hit stuff. Yeah, exactly. So just yeah, get him to grunt and throw things. Yeah. Like, it'll be fine. It worked for Schwarzenegger for the first five, six years of his career. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. Like, it'll work for Lundgren. But anyway, there's so there's that about it. Yeah. Um, and then we flip back to Eternia. So we've been to Earth, and now we flip back to Eternia. And this is where I say there's these two fucking films that don't mix. Because every time we cut back to Eternia, I'm like, this is great. This looks amazing. Frank Langella's brilliant. Like, he's taking this shit so fucking seriously. The thing is, the way it's it's set up, especially where you, I mean, I know they repeat it and they just don't make it dark one, uh, or make it nighttime ones, but you get the bit where the troops are in the desert, they're all being held by the fucking stormtroopers, and he's there in his big fucking hologram thing talking at them. There's a really good sort of dystopian civil war um, film here. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. They, they, and they, that is the that in itself is fine. And then you flip the other side where you've got a fish out of water house movie, which effectively what you need on the other side. Yeah. You've got to find find the key, get the key, get a component to make it work, whatever it is. On the other side of it, they're two very good projects on their own. Yeah. And I think I'd be I would be far more interested in seeing this whole and like, no, it's the, the this, again the, the Netflix season touches on it whereby we've had a long time. No, there's been a lot of war. There's generations of war. Yeah. Show some of that fucking story. Yeah, because that, there will be stories in that. And I mean, I, I remember we talked about this when um, Rogue One came out and when Solo came out. That actually, there's an entire universe out there which isn't touched, which doesn't need to be anywhere near the fucking Skywalker saga. Which where you could say, right, we're in the same universe. Yeah. So hyperdrives are a thing, and no space, no space travel, and droids. That no, that's a thing. We don't need to touch fucking Jedi. We don't need to touch Darth Vader. We can just say, right, there you go. We exist in that world, and we're aware of things going on. Yeah. And you might know, and like, like the Mandalorian is done. It doesn't yeah. rely on all, all this other stuff. Yes, okay, it's set in that universe. Yes, okay, we're stormtroopers, and yes, it it fits in a point in time within that, or within that sort of uh, that canonical set, um, set. But it doesn't rely on things, and you could do that here. Say, right, okay, we don't need we don't need the sorceress and Grayskull being under attack all the time. We could have fucking war stories. Yeah, until uh, the come home. And that, like, if this film was that, even if it was then only 70, 80 minutes, if this yeah. was just a fucking war movie on Eternia, yeah totally up for that like because that is the best stuff in the film and yeah you're right when we get to earth you've got this sort of heist movie going on where we need to get hold of the key and stuff now the issue with that is it feels like it wants to be like a family adventure film once we get to earth when it's on Eternia, it feels like it's a sort of sci-fi action blockbuster then it feels like it wants to be a family adventure film but you know when you look at the best family adventure films in this kind of ilk the key to them and, you know, Netflix have had great success in this region again recently with, with things like Stranger Things. The key to those films is you play for the kids, but you take it absolutely at face value. The kids yeah. are in their own world and everything needs to be seen through the eyes of the kids and they treat everything with the utmost seriousness. Yeah. But what we get here are two teenagers, essentially, who, who look like they're in their 20s. Um, oh, and they would have been by that, wouldn't they? Yeah, they're too old. For this part of the story if they had been kids and you could have had the whole childlike wonder of it all yeah then it works much better and what you do is you have the dual story there don't you where you have he-man and teela at man in arms on Eternia, and then you have gwildor back on earth with the kids and you have a dual yeah. story going on but that's not what they do so i think that's where this this kind of falls down with that um so yeah we, we're back with Dolph, uh, so we have this staff on earth we're back to Eternia for a bit. Then we're back to Earth, and they decide they're going to go looking for the key. Um, and then, you know, we get the whole good journey or yeah. whatever. Um, I mean, it, it's hardly May the Force Be With You, is it? No. Um, but it's something that they set up to use throughout the film, because, again, this is almost Star Wars, but not. Um, yeah. However, the, you know, the first action sequence we get, you know, before they get to Earth, um, there's, there's a bit of fuckery with the key and stuff. Great, beautifully shot action sequence, works really well. And all of the action sequences actually work really well in this film. Um, Again, I'm left questioning why He-Man doesn't have any super strength whatsoever. And he's basically just a fighter who fires guns and bounces lasers back with his sword. And that was was, was the other thing, actually. We talked about um, this not feeling like He-Man earlier on and and coming at it from being a fan of the cartoons and coming to this. That was the other thing, is that he uses a sword, and yeah. he shoots people, yeah. and he actually fights. Yeah. I said, hang on, He-Man doesn't do any of that. No, he, th- he throws people at people. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm fine with him using the sword and stuff like that, and I'm fine with him actually fighting, but I feel like 
And again, this is because it, it takes its lead from, as we know now, from the toy line where he was meant to be just a barbarian. Yeah. Um, at, at least in the comics, uh, the toys did eventually have Prince Adam and He-Man, but in the comics he was originally a barbarian. Um, it, it's be, and it's because he's that. He's he's just like a really skilled barbarian um until we get to the end and we'll talk about that when we get there as well because all of a sudden they realized what they had i think um but yet it's weird to me even now watching this going like yeah i get it and these action sequences are really cool but like he would absolutely mop the floor with every single one of these and again oh god i said i wasn't gonna make it about the right maybe we need to do another show on on the netflix show because i'm good i was going to draw another comparison there as well um but I will just say this, and then I'm going to move on. And I'm going to leave it alone. One of the things that works the best about it that all of these fucking butthurt people don't seem to understand is there exists uh, an inbuilt problem with He-Man. You have the Superman conundrum where you have essentially an invincible, unbeatable character that yeah. can solve any problem by showing up and just being awesome. And so in order to get real drama and in order to drive a narrative forward, you have to remove that character. Yeah. Because if you don't, then there is no conflict. So you have to remove that character. And I think they found a really smart way of doing that and opening up some character exploration with the reboot, yeah. which they don't bother doing here. <laughs> and they could. Yeah, but they, they don't. They could. And, and uh, so they, they, they've gone pathway. Like he's not super powerful. It he, doesn't have super strength. Yeah. Um, but they don't do anything else with him either. And, and again, you know, if you wanted a story on Eternia, this all builds when he gets spoilers captured at the end i don't know why i'm saying spoilers because we're going to talk about it anyway um yeah. this all builds to him holding the sword aloft at the end of the film and shouting i have the power but like if that's the case then if if we're saying that a why hasn't he done it earlier but we'll talk about that when we get to sort of the end but b you could have set this whole thing on eternia and just had skeletal get control of the sword and then yeah. it can be about he-man no you don't have to have prince adam if you don't want to do the whole duality thing it's just he-man as a regular skilled fighter because he would still be that he would still have all yeah. of his knowledge and his training yeah. just not the super strength powers, and it yeah. could, be a, could be about the quest to regain the power of grayskull yeah um that's a much better film than what we get and the fucking cosmic key and all of that sort of shit um do you know what the, the thing with the cosmic key i said it needs kids what the cosmic key feels like is that it's actually it needs to be the he-man she-ra christmas special yeah. Where Orca ends up on with an earthling and they're explaining Christmas to him and stuff. It feels like it needs to be that kind of fish out of water. And again, that's yeah. where we're missing Orco. Um, yeah. I mean, the nearest we get here is where, um, right when they first land and they're, they're at the drive, they're, this is the drive in chicken place where um, uh, fucking Julie works. Yeah. And you get this thing about them not knowing what meat is. And again, it's a nice little touch. Again, it shows there, you know, it shows that it's not normal for them it's not they know it's something that's completely that's alien a to them. good gag and it's aged very well <laughs> it has it, it does them really well the problem is that they don't do enough of that type of fish out of water stuff no the, 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 only, the only thing you come close to later on is whereby um Gildor dresses up in the fucking in the other clothes and the sunglasses not oh nobody will know who we are yeah so, yeah because nobody's going to recognize us now like a ginger midget with 14 foot ears yeah um it, it needs it, it does to be the adventure film that it wants to be it needs more of that stuff yeah. um yeah it's really unfortunate because i do believe there is something there um but yeah get back to it, we get the good journey thing and then uh yeah we are introduced to julie um mm. now here's the other problem with with the way the story is going if you want to play the fish out of water stuff and you want to shift the action to earth from eternia as much as i said i like all the front loading about what's happening in eternia and who our players are 
that's all great if we're going to dive straight into war in Eternia. But if this is going to be about the cosmic key and about these essential inter intergalactic beings, essentially, uh, coming to Earth, hmm. then it's no good introducing us to Julie, who is a normal human, halfway through the first act. Yeah. Like, we, Julie is our key to unlocking this. She's our cipher. Or at least you would think she would, because by the end, actually, it, it seems like it's more the, the dude is the cipher. Yeah. But... But these are our way in. Like, we should have started with them. If they're going well, to be yeah. important, we need... Like, if Julie's going to be important, we need to start with Julie because she's got the character beats here. She's, yeah. the one, she's the one that progresses. She's got the problem to move past. She's got the real emotional heft. Yeah. He-Man just wants to punch... Like, He-Man and Skeletor basically just want to fuck in this film. Or is that yeah. just me? Because no, I mean, and the, the whole... Even actually, the whole thing when they're in the throne room before, it's like, it's not, leave her alone. It's, all, it's always been about you and it's, me. It's between us, yeah. yeah. It's always been about us. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's just, like, get a room already, seriously. Yeah, they, they just want to fuck each other, right? It's not, right, I'm glad I it wasn't just me reading that. Like, this, it does get very homoerotic between the yeah. two of them. Like, Especially later on. If they gave Oscars for sexual tension, like, these guys, seriously. Um, But yeah, so we should be introduced to Julie first as last. And the first time we see He-Man and Teela and everybody, we should meet them with Where Julie. Them. Yeah. Um, but, okay, we don't. So this is a bit of a fucking mess. Um, now, here's where it really starts to go off the fucking rails for me. And this, here's the first point where I just rolled my eyes and went, oh, fuck off. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to read you some dialogue here. Um, so from Julie, from, from a young Courtney Cox. The last thing I want, the last thing I can do right now, sorry, the best thing, I can't read my, my own handwriting. The best thing I can do right now is get 3,000 miles away from Kevin and my parents. Beep, beep, it's Kevin. I'd like to say goodbye to my parents before I go. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like that is in the, the space of 10 seconds. She goes, I need to get away from all of this. To, yeah. Hi, Kevin, I love you. Let's go and see my parents. Yeah. What? Wait, wait, hang on. What's going on? Wait, do you hate him or not? Like, yeah. And I don't think that's Courtney Cox's fault. I think it's not there in the writing. I think the no, writing is very confused. Um, yeah, the, the script isn't great. No. And, and I'm just like, look, I hate Julie already at this point. I'm bored of her already. I don't understand what the purpose of it is. Um, I, I just, why are we wasting time on Earth with Earthlings? Like, yeah. they, they aren't important to the whole cosmic key of it all. No. So just don't but like if this was going to be Julie's story, then we needed to open with her. Yeah, but it's yeah, not because you could have quite easily you could have switched it around, had opened with this, yeah. maybe with better better dialogue and slightly better pacing, but open with this and her, then move into what the fuck is going on on Eternia. Don't necessarily have no, you don't necessarily need to, the massive introduction we get to He Man Dealer and Man at Arms, but have no, and, and then yeah, we we only get to know them when she goes, what the fuck are you? Yeah. Now, what that, costume party have you come from? That's that's how, that's how you introduce it, and that then gives it that gives it a stake because all of a sudden there's a reason. Of, we've had the bit where they find the thing in the cemetery. She's attacked at the school. You no, know, we've we've had all of this, so all of a sudden it means something. Yeah, and and like as as cool as all the stuff on the tournier is, and I definitely prefer that as a film. But yeah, if you want to make all of this mean something, and if you've got a he man who can barely speak English and you just need to sell him, right? Like you said, how about if they find the cosmic key don't know what it is your boyfriend fucks around and like opens, it, opens it. it up right she gets attacked by you know beast man all this and the first fucking time we see he-man 
is that he just fucking shows up, screams, I have the power, and kicks the shit out of everything. Yeah. Like, that's so much better. And then you have your exposition then comes from, Gwildo then comes along and says, oh, hi, my name's Gwildo. This is He-Man. He doesn't talk much, whatever. We're looking for the cosmic key. Like, have you seen it? And then What's they could be noodling. Key? Yeah, they could be noodling around on it. And we'll be, that's a cosmic key. But your idiot boyfriend just broke it. Broke now it, we have yeah. to go and find a fucking MacGuffin so that we can fix this whole thing and send us home before Skeletor takes control of Castle Grayskull. Yeah. And off we go on our quest. Yeah. That makes so much more sense. Simples. But that's not what we get. Um, I tell you what we do get, though. And this fucking amazed me. Skeletor when we get back to Eternia and, and the key's switched on and all of a sudden he can track them, Skeletor's got fucking Google Earth in 1987. <laughs> yeah, that was that He's was got actual clever. Google Earth. <laughs> but the, the thing that made me laugh with that is you go right in and it zooms right in, you know, it goes you know, through the cosmos and onto Earth and down onto the fucking roof of the school. Oh, that's close enough. Yeah. It's fucking close as you want. Yeah. Do, do you literally want the thing to fucking probe Courtney Cox while you're there? <laughs> yeah. That's a fucking hell. Ridiculous. Um, and then, and then we get introduced to our bounty hunters who, aside from Beastman, like, why why you, like, again, you look at, even if you're basing it on the toy line, look at the characters you've got to draw yeah, from. Absolutely. Right? So I mean, wait, why, like, the, why the fuck you make Karg? Who, and, and, say, he just looks like fucking Patsy Stone after a night out with a fucking hair. Yeah, and he's not fucking cheap, right? When you look at, you look at the fucking Costume, prosthetics, prosthetics involved. Makeup, and actually, hair. Don't get me wrong, Karg is one of the best things in this film. I think it's, I think his physical performance, again, um, I think, you know, his, his actual performance is bad, but the physicality that that actor's bringing to that role through that suit is fucking superb. You watch him when, when they're in the school and they're having the fight in the school. He commands the fucking scene. He's like whipping his cape around and he's fucking pointing all of it. He's excellent. So I'm not taking that away from him. I like Karg a great deal. But, and he looks pretty cool as well, to be fair. Like, he looks fucking terrifying. But... Yeah. Why not Trapjaw? Why not Merman? Why not? Yeah. If you can have Karg, you can fucking have Merman. Yeah. Like, absolutely. that's a suit as well. And if you can have Blade, you can have fucking Trapjaw. Yeah. Like, we, we, why? Why do you not do this? Like, well, I don't yeah. understand. I, I don't get it. Because, I mean, it's not as if they it's not as if they need to say, right, okay, well, we need this to be as separate from fucking Masters of the Universe toys and He-Man as we can because of licensing, because you've already licensed fucking He-Man and Skeletor. Yeah, and, and none that's of where them, your money's going. None of them die, so it's not like there's there's any sort of oh you can't kill anybody or anything. Like, none of them die, so yeah, none of them you, actually. You've got your fucking red shirt one who does get off when they fail. Yeah, so I I don't like what a fucking own goal. Yeah, like, a complete like, missed opportunity. Like even with Mario Brothers, like I, I know they had their own iterations and they fucked them up, but at least they had Toads and Goombas and Yoshi and yeah, like it was all there. They made an effort. This is just like, we're going to invent our own characters because that's stupid kid stuff. Why? Why did you do that? Yeah, like again, why reinvent the wheel? No, it's you, really... Yeah, there's it, a reason why this this sold... There's a reason why people would have been excited about this. It didn't sell particularly well at the box office, I know that, but there's a reason why people would have been excited about this because it's fucking He-Man. Yeah, and, and like we, we said this with Mario Brothers again, it, it like it's at this point where these characters get introduced and stuff as well, and we've had all the fuckery on Earth, and you think like, hang on, did, did somebody actually just pick up another script and go, that'll never sell? Well, it's uh, kind of like they dropped on. two. And they He-Man. Do you know what I mean? Just scribble He-Man on it. And that, that's... It, it feels like they've had two scripts and somebody's dropped them and the pages have all got yeah. messed up. and they've picked them up and they're all fucked up. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's another name of the king job, isn't it? Yeah. They've just picked it up and gone, oh, that can go. That'll do. Nobody, 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 nobody wants to tell. But 
you know, it, it, it does feel at certain points, and Mario was exactly the same, where they've just gone like, well, we kind of got something here, but I don't think anybody's going to show up to see this. Write He-Man on it, and it'll be fine. Yeah. That's but no kind of to see it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, but it, so then that you know they show up. We have all the, the sequence at the school where, where they're chasing Julie down, and again, really well handled action sequence. Like the action sequences are excellent. They, they're fucking thrilling, to be fair. And the physical performance, I say, from Card, it's yeah. superb. He's fucking excellent. Where Beastman, by comparison, was fucking woeful. Yeah, terrible. Um, like fucking Drake Gonzalez. Yeah, he's fucking terrible. Um, Blade's not much cop either, but Karg is absolutely excellent. Um, and, and then funniest moment of the film for me, um, He-Man just casually strolling down the street in yeah. his fucking pants and his cape with his sword out, <laughs> yeah. looking for the cosmic key, just wandering around as if he's on his way to a fucking costume party. He might as well be whistling for a dog. Yeah, hey, he's... key, 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 key. Come yeah. here, boy, here, boy. Just literally wandering around. And again, it, it, it sort of it reminded me, I was sort of thinking back to the start of Suburban Commando when we were watching that. And you've got Shep walking around and he, you know, he doesn't know what a mailbox is. And you've got these swaps, the guy and the dog in the car. And, and again, you're like, if we're doing fish out of water, there are yeah. so many missed opportunities here. Yeah, because the other thing as well, I mean, I, they, they had all sorts of gadgets, but they had nothing for tracking the key. Yeah, which which is ridiculous. Well, I mean, Skeletor, I've Google Earth. So if he's well, yeah. it, Surely they can have it as well. Well, maybe they didn't have service. Well, no, maybe they didn't have signal. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Well, maybe they didn't pay for roaming. <laughs> yeah, could be. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like no. Okay, we've got we've got these transponders which talk to each other, so we know we we know how to meet up. We know how to rendezvous. Yeah. But where are we going? How are we going to find this key? Because as he man Teeler and man arms, we've only seen this thing for about thirty fucking seconds. We don't know what it is. We don't know how it works. To be honest, it looks like a big fucking pineapple. Yeah. How are we going to find it? Yeah. So. He, well, apparently you find it by He-Man just wandering around the neighborhood until you hear somebody screaming. Um, and then everybody could just show up in one go yeah. and we could have a fight with the bounty hunters. Um, I said at this point, the action sequence starts to go a little bit awry. The, the yeah. sword play is fucking terrible. The sword <laughs> play is terrible. And you get, um, I think it's later on as well, where um, where, they go, where they're going onto the roof and you get the sequence where they go into the building. One of the soldiers actually runs into London yeah, and bounces yes. off him. yes. Yeah, I, hang I on. Where, where's your choreography? I, I clocked. How that, does that so, happen? Yeah, I clocked that as well. Um, so, so they have this fight, uh, fighty fighty, punchy punchy, bit of swords. Um, yeah. Teeler and Man at Arms show up, and then, okay, now I get that he man's the good guy, right? And I get that he's, you know, we talked about it uh, last week. To be true to the cartoon as well, he's actually got to be obnoxiously good because yeah. he is in the cartoon as well, like a little bit of a smug dick, to be honest, if anything, right? I get that he's the good guy, but. Once Teela and Man at Arms show up, He-Man literally stops in the middle of a fight. The fight's still going on. He literally stops to go over and cutch Courtney Cox and just be like, oh, it'll be okay. Don't worry, Julie. It's fine. Let me put well, my no, cape around you. Maybe, like, maybe he's looking at the track second. Well, yeah. I mean, you know. Little, There's a reason that cape is so big. It can cover a lot. Maybe yeah, he's pushing yeah. the third. A little bit fucking sinister. Um, just saying. But it makes no like. Your yeah, life fin- is you still in mortal yeah. danger. Like, there are still people who want to kill you, and just because other people have turned up and started shooting, you were already shooting, so it's not as if this is like, oh, now we're in trouble. Yeah, it's it's fucking ridiculous. Um, and I, I think, actually, that is the one thing, as, as awesome as, as Lundgren looks, 
Um, I think that is the one thing that's missing from his portrayal of the character, and it, and it, I guess he couldn't pull it off anyway because of the problems with that's the accent. Yeah. But he's missing the fucking smug gags, isn't he? It, like again, that's that's just like Skeletor needs to call people boobs and stuff like that. He man needs to have really shit dad joke one-liners at every possible if, opportunity. What he, where he needs to be, he needs to be um, Arnie in Commando. He absolutely needs to be Arnie, let's be honest, but they couldn't afford him. So, <laughs> like, let's be honest. But that's, yeah, that is exactly where he needs to be. He needs to be but you think, just, I mean, think of the performance we had in, in um, Commando. Was, yes. Yeah, where, you know, where, you know, he kills the guy in the plane, so I'll leave my friend, or he's dead, tired. That's that level of shit-eating pun. That's what we need. Oh, that's exactly what you need. Stick around, Bennett, and all that yeah. sort of shit. That, that's what you need from Arnie. Um, yeah, from He-Man, sorry, is is that, yeah, yeah. that just shit-eating, obnoxiously smug, knowing you're better than everybody. Yeah. That is part of the character. Um, but, you know, again, this is a different He-Man, and what we get is he's pretty fucking badass, and I do like him, and he does work well as this kind of silent, deadly action hero, apart yeah. from when he's fucking perving onto Julie, um, <laughs> which is a bit weird. Yeah. Um, and then again, just absolutely woeful, woeful delivery He's yeah. in terrible danger. Let's go. Ouch. Like, yeah. it, it, it's disgraceful, that line. Yeah. And I, think that, I mean, you would have to think, and I mean, obviously, you know, we, we've not done it at this level, but you'd have to think if you're a director, if you're a producer, and you're putting this, pro this product together, you're making this film, at, at what point do you go, right, okay, this ain't fucking working. Motherfucker can't talk. We, yeah, need, we mean, need to work around this. I mean, be careful what I say here, but we've been in that situation and we dealt with it um that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> i don't know who listens to this but i've been in that situation personally and, and as a director you have to make very tough calls when yeah. you're in that situation because you will get to a point where it just is not working yeah it becomes it comes a point where it's unworkable and we were lucky enough that we were able to work around shall we say that performance but when that performance is coming from your star then that's going to be incredibly difficult but as i say for me the answer is just don't give him the lines yeah. just make him fucking silent yes it's fucking simple isn't it well, that's, that's the thing i mean realistically that's what he man in this film needs to be anyway because they're not doing the wisecracking they're not doing the smug so make him a brick wall just make, yeah. carve him out of That's fucking granite and say, don't and say give, anything. Give all of the dialogue to everybody else. Yeah. Just have it. What, what you do is you have him literally just drop puns. That's it. That's all he needs to do. Yeah. Because then, even you know, and make them deadpan. And yeah. just work work with what you've got. But yeah, don't give him any kind of commanding lines like that. Don't give him, just give all of that to Man-at-Arms and Teeler. And yeah. God forbid, fucking give it to Billy Barty as well to just spit out. Just give that all to them. Yeah. And, and just leave him do what he's going to do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's not what they did. And you just have to just have to kind of live with that, don't you, I suppose? Yeah. Uh, but then, out of nowhere, in the middle of Act 2, James Tolkien shows up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Saves um, the film. <laughs> saves <laughs> the film. But again, what's the fucking point? So story-wise, what's the point? And again, if, if the story we were going for early on was that this is Earth and this is fish out of water, then you introduce him very early on. Yeah, and give him because He-Man runs afoul of him straight away. Straight away, or what you really do is have him run in with the boyfriend, whose name I keep forgetting, uh, straight away. Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. You, you have him run in with Kevin straight away. I, 
look, I know it's he, I know it's typecasting for him, but you straight away you make Kevin Marty McFly essentially. Yeah, he's just like he hates him. He's just got a grudge against him. He's no good. He's a musician. He's probably a stoner. He's a straight laced detective, so he fucking hates him, and he's yeah. riding his ass all the way. So he starts as your antagonist, just like he does here, except he starts as our antagonist halfway through. Yeah. So it doesn't work. Yeah. But if absolutely. if he's our key antagonist on Earth, and then you know he gets to the school, we get to this point, and this is where he realizes, oh, oh shit, fuck, there's going on. actual aliens. So I'm gonna get my fucking shotgun and okay. just start shooting people. Um, look, he's fucking brilliant. He's never not brilliant. Yeah. One of the best character actors ever, in my opinion. Like he does what he does, and he does it extremely well. Yeah. Um, and you and know what you're getting as well. You you'd never go into thinking right no. What no? Where is he going to come from? How is he going to play this character? You know, he's an angry bald man. Yeah, he's an angry middle-aged bald dude, and he's going to fuck shit up. Yeah, like, he hates kids. Yeah, that's just what he does. He's a grumpy oh, old man. Yeah, the bit that did make me laugh. So you, you get, we've got the, uh, we have the scene um, at the music, the fight scene in the music store where August blown up, and that's where he gets the shotgun from. He's, he's like, oh, Charlie, you no, know, have you got a gun? Yeah, it's behind the counter. Right, I'm having that. Now this fucking Charlie dude, he's more likely to have a water pistol. Let's be fair. Yeah. He looks so he looks like he'd handle that shotgun about as well as I could handle a fucking jumbo jet. Yeah, I did, but I, I don't know. I guess it's the eighties uh, in in what looks like a fairly rough. Do they ever say where they actually are? I don't think they do, do they? They're in California because the parents have got to Catalina Island. Ah, so they are. Yes, good point. He's taking the plane up to Catalina Island, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so they're, they're let's in assume California. they're in down, Let's assume they're in downtown LA in the eighties. Like yeah, there's nowhere a, near enough fucking knives. He's got he's got a gun in that shop. Like he's got to have a gun in it. Whether he's got a fucking pump action shotgun is another. Well thing. yeah, I whether we can actually pick the fucking thing up. But you know that looks good on James Stupid, so we give it to him. Um, I I had completely forgot he was in this film. I got to be honest until he showed up, and then I was like, oh yeah, and yeah. I, like for a good ten minutes, then I was fighting again because I'm just watching him do his thing. He's wonderful. It, like literally shows up and saves the fucking film for me for the next 10 minutes or so. Um, he just needs introducing earlier and he's yeah. tying into this arc at Earth earlier. Um, I, I, I kind of skip over a bit then because for the next 10 minutes, I'm going with it. There's a lot of um, fucking around looking for the key and, and we're off. We're, we're mid-act two here. Yeah, we're off we're after our MacGuffin. Yeah, we're, we're motoring along. Everybody's together. The gang's all here and we're all looking for the key. All fine and it's all working. Like I said, all the elements are here and it works. It just doesn't gel then when we cut back to Eternia again and Skeletor suddenly does force lightning because, yeah. of course, he does. Um, it was just a matter of time, wasn't it? Um, and it's at this point that I just clocked out. I, I like By the time we cut back to Eternia again, I was like, like, it literally was like somebody flipped a switch. I just went, all right, do you know what? Oh, damn. No. Yeah. I, I've, how did you, like, I've literally written, I don't know if you could see it if I hold no. that up. I've written bored now. I do not care. I'm even doing the Drusilla voice in my head as well. Yeah, I, I just bored now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've got to be honest. This this whole thing whereby um, the thing that really sort of took me, you get this, the the bits of um, you have the fight in the music shop, and um, Evelyn appears as uh, Julie's mother. Yeah, and we get all of that, and you get the the reveal. There is horrible because obviously they've cut the camera away, cut back, and they've, they've changed the actress. There's no effort to actually cut nope. it back in. That looks fucking horrible. And then the the Julie's response to that is she just no she sort of doubles over, reels back and puts her hands on and starts shouting no. And it's I think it's early season three of Friends where she changes Richard's voicemail yeah. to about being on a period and she does the same thing there. And I, I just couldn't just take it seriously. 
Check you out of it, um, yeah. Th- so there was that, that, but also um, Meg Foster, who plays Eva Lynn, she, um, I didn't know this, I thought it was um, it was an effect, but she, she has a silver pigment in her eye. I read that as well, yeah. So yeah, yeah she does, so all, she, she has it's this really fucking, really haunting look, Yeah. because her eyes are so, no, they just look so weird, but actually it's like, it, she's her own special effect. Yeah, I, it's, it's, she's fucking great as well, she is, yeah. she is really good as well, aside from the fact she clearly can't walk in her fucking outfit. Um, yeah, to but, be fair, look at it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm bored because we're cutting back and forth so much, and it, again, it gets to the point where I'm enjoying my time with Skeletor so much, and I'm just getting into the stuff at Earth, and then we cut back to Skeletor, and I realize how much better that is on Eternia. Yeah. So we cut back to this, and I'm like, right, I'm bored. And then yeah, this this stuff, sort of post music store scene where they have the fight in the music store um, which is also where we really get a lot of close-ups of Tila holding that fucking gun like stop or my mom will shoot yeah. um, we get the horrible woman at arm's line which is just yeah. disgusting and cringeworthy it's horrible um, although for 1987 incredibly progressive incredibly progressive yeah but just doesn't <laughs> fit and the delivery's no. terrible it feels shoehorned it, it does and like Oh, the, the thing that makes it worse is you get the shit-eating grin that goes after it as well. And yeah. let's, let's be fair, she's gone in and shot like two people. Yeah. They've done all the fucking hard work already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's gone in, she shot some people, and she's like, yeah, I'm the woman at arms. Yeah. Go on, man. Um, well, why she can't just be the man at arms, as, as she is yeah. in the show. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> it, and it's a bet. It's a bet. If you're using it as a gag, it's a better gag as well, because you're not a man, but you're better yeah. than the men. Oh. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, works. No, yeah, just horrible. Um, so that that's horrible. Then yeah, we get the scene with with Evil Lynn shape shifting in, into Julie's mother. And aside from the whole Courtney Cox performance of it all, yeah, like I'm sorry, but I've got to call bullshit on this. Like, how fucking dumb is Julie? Well, like, yeah, and the, just, I'd, I'd forgotten as well. Actually, I mean, I um, as I haven't watched this as a kid, and you get all, you, you this, they, they t- when you f- when they first introduce her, she's on about she needs to get away from her parents and from Kevin. Your automatic thing is right, okay. Well, her parents are dickheads, and you know, her boyfriend's a bit of a douche monkey. Actually, no, her parents are dead. My bad. But then it's like, okay, your parents are dead, and that's it. It's not really mentioned. Then she, it's mentioned about fifty thousand times that she's leaving. Yeah, yeah. But never why. I, again, so then, it's because they, that they, isn't. It's not framed as her story, which it yeah, should be for that be, yeah. for this to work. Yeah. So because of that, I was I I, I kind of switched off. By this point, and I remember the I remember the shapeshifter thing. But I was like, "Oh yeah, parents are dead. Plane crash. That's it. Yeah." So then the whole thing of you no, know, I found I found the newspaper. Isn't that convenient? Because obviously, you know, every self-respecting teen- teenager will take a cutting from the newspaper article, which tells about your parents' death. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it it needs to be framed as her story for that to work. And whilst I can't believe I'm going to call back to this as an example of something good here because it's not and we even ripped into it at the time but i'm sure there are better ones this is just the first one that sprung to mind uh, if you take this narrative and i've done it once already it's very similar to suburban commando then and if you take the way that nat- that narrative is framed through the eyes of christopher lloyd's character and yes. how uh, befriending shep and they don't do that particularly well and we ragged on it when we did it as well but the intent is that through his befriended Shep, he learns how to move past all of all of his hang-ups and his problems yes. and he grows and becomes a better person if you want julie's story to work that's what this needs to be this needs to be you know i'm guilt-ridden i'm racked with guilt because of my parents death i don't know what i'm going to do with my life i just need to run away and get away from here yeah what this then needs to be is here is this fucking badass ragtag crew from another dimension who are fucking shown up fighting to save their fucking world. Literal lives are on the line. Yeah. 
and you're going to put my shit in perspective. Puts your shit in perspective because actually, what you're going to do is see how they get past get past all of their shit, and you're going to do it with them, and then you're going to realize that actually life is worth living, and you just have to move past it yeah. and and get on. And and that's that's what you want here. But yeah. That's not what we get. And it's or some iteration actually, of that. Yeah, it's interesting actually because I mean, the for for this part of the story, for the Earth part of the story, that's kind of that's where it's where they're sort of pointing towards without really doing that successfully. But then in a very short space of time, she will become irrelevant to the entire fucking conclusion of the story. Yeah, well, yeah, this this is the thing. Um, it, it's so the whole Earth stuff is so half baked. That's the issue. Everything on Eternia is pretty tight and works really well, and that side of the story works really well. It's all of this stuff with Julie and the fuckery on Earth that doesn't work. Even the stuff that just revolves around them looking for the key on Earth works well enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have an issue with it, which I'm about to call out in my next point, but that works well enough. It's the it's the Julie of it all. Yeah, but that's where the story... I see you're right. That's where this part of the story... And even if you want to tell your two stories and, and merge them together, that's where this story needs to come from. Yes, definitely. Uh, yeah, it needs to be framed as Julie's story. It, it really does. But yeah, I mean, how fucking dumb is she that her fucking dead mother, yeah, bag of fucking rocks, with killed about, suddenly shows up out of nowhere and asks her for the exact thing that yeah. they're trying to protect? Like, yeah. It's like, oh, we're doing secret work for the government and some people are trying to stop us. That thing that you've never seen before, that I don't even know what it's called. I can't explain what it does. I Get it that. for me. Yeah. yeah, and off she goes to get it. Fucking ludicrous. Um, it would have been better to have Evil Lynn mesmerize her somehow. Yeah, like that. That would have worked. Yeah, but anyway. to be honest, again with that, to be honest, you're better off mesmerizing the boyfriend. Yes, because then yeah. she's got something to fight for. Yeah, yeah, that works much much better. That's why didn't they do that? You just wrote a much better film. Well done. Um, so yeah, so there's that. Um. But here's the problem with all of this, all of this stuff on, on Earth now, aside from the jewel of it, all of, all of our main story on Earth with He-Man and stuff as well. They have the key. Yes, I get that it's broken and Gwildo needs to sort it out and stuff like that, but they have well, It's not even key. broken at this point, is it? No. In, like, all they are doing now is reacting. Yeah. Like, the, the only people, debatably, that have any kind of quest here now are Skeletor and Evil Lynn because yeah. they need to get the key off them. Yeah. So now, I this... why they need to get it back. Is it is it basically they need to get it back so they haven't got it anymore? So is they that have the sole reason? Because, yeah, because he doesn't want He-Man coming back to save the sorceress, isn't it? That's because a, yeah. they, they have yeah. until the moon yeah. fucking rises or sets or whatever yeah, to to free the sorceress. Yeah, so it's literally just to stop them opening, opening the force field, isn't it? Yeah, now, keep that in the back of your mind for when we get to our final act because they, they're trying... To just stop He-Man, Teela, and Man at Arms from getting back to Castle Grayskull, okay? By by getting this key. Um, right, here is where it really takes a nosedive into stupid though, okay? At this point now, Evil Lynn is in possession of the key. They can yep. freely travel back and forth between dimensions and they can leave He-Man, Teela, Man at Arms, and Gwildor trapped on Earth. Yep. Skeletor <laughs> has won. Yeah. Now I get that Skeletor is Skeletor, right? But why? Why, why, why would you risk... Like, even the cartoon Skeletor isn't this fucking stupid. Why would you risk now coming to Earth to conquer it when you literally... You just sit on your ass for a couple of hours and you've got to turn here. It's in the bag. It's yours. Then fuck off to Earth. 
Well, this is it because I mean, he, he he comes through, and again, you get this you know, this great emperor shot where he's, you know, he he comes through and he's on his fucking on his throne, throne. And, yeah. Yeah, 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 looks really impressive, and you get you know, the stormtroopers all lining up, and, yeah, it looks really atmospheric, looks really impressive, but there are no stakes. So he said he's already won. Why the fuck would you turn up? Yeah, you, you no need for whatsoever. You and no, this and this is the thing, and I know it's the eighties and it's an action movie, so you've got to kind of rub your opponent's face in it and give them a chance to get you know, to get away with it, but. In, no, if you were looking at this, if you were a supervillain and you're thinking, right, okay, I've won. The thing I need to do now is basically make it so that I can't lose. So yeah. A, I'm not going to turn up. B, I'm going to bring the only thing they have, or the only thing that can possibly save them, back to where they can't get it, and then destroy it. Yeah. Job done. It's it's, it's, it's shooting the pods at the start of a new hope. Yeah. It's it's fucking. It, this makes this is so dumb. It's unbelievable. It's duly worthy. Yeah, and it makes no fucking sense whatsoever, right? Um, and then, then and not only just, that, if he's, if he's turning, if he's turning up with the conquering army, there's about ten of them. Yeah, and, and it just gets dumber though. Like the first week, he comes through this portal, and he turns to Evelyn and says, "Give me an update." And she says, "I have the key, my lord." Well, okay, duh, thanks. Let's go. You, yeah, but you just used it to open the fucking portal that I came through. I know you have the key, you stupid woman. <laughs> what, what but why does she have to open a portal for him to come through when he's got the other one? Christ knows. Who fucking knows, right? It, it's... Well, I, I did find it quite amusing. I, was, I remember thinking at the time that it was um, no, it's it's an early version of the Tesseract from from um, from the MCU. It's just a random MacGuffin. Yeah, it's they actually they actually refer they actually use word Tesseract, Tesseract at one point I, as well. I clocked that as well. Is that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I, I caught that as well. Um, it's a bit, you know, like you can tell I'm pissed off at this point because my very <laughs> next note is why has Eva Lynn got a potpourri ball on her head? Because she's, <laughs> yeah. she's worn the thing all film, but now I'm just... Now, now I'm it's just, annoying you. I, I'm just out for it now. I'm just like, no, you've crossed the fucking threshold. Into, like, this is the point where up until here, up, up until just after the music store, really, up, up until Eva Lynn turning into Julie's mother, like, I'm like, it's dumb... And the two It'll things do. don't really gel, but it's okay. Yeah. Like, it, um, it's not the Like, at this point now, though, I'm just like, right, you just flushed everything down the yeah. toilet. I mean, I, I was entertained until that point. I was up until the music store. I was like, you know what? It, it's it's all right. It's no, it's not as good as I remember because I was a stupid kid, but it's not as bad as, no, it's not as bad as is made out. And then this shit happens, and you go, I mean, for, no, for again, it looks impressive, and you know, the Star Wars of it all is really good, but I'm thinking, right. Logic has gone out the window here. Oh yeah, he's fucking no. terrible at this point. I mean, no, I mean my my issues with logic are sort of well documented anyway on the show. That's one of my big things. Like not, things need to make sense. Yeah. Even if it you know, even if it doesn't make sense in our world, but it makes sense to your story world, that's fine. But you no, know, this is a completely non-strategic move by turning up here. Stupid, stupid, and stupid. You, so after that, you think, okay, well, what's the point? So no, clearly something needs to happen here because he's already won. So he needs to make it worse. He needs to compound it. Yeah. It but does. they could have quite easily subjugated He-Man back on Eternia with yep. the two keys. Yep, yep. They just wait, just wait until you've beaten the sorceress, then go yeah. after He-Man. And to just... be honest, if if you wanted to be a dick about it, if you, if you want to be properly skeletal about it, you've got your two keys. Use use one to open a portal above his head, one under his feet, and you just have him dropping through for eternity. Yeah, just leave him. Just yeah. fuck him over completely. Then you don't. Uh, that's that's going to be more humiliation than him coming back at, at gunpoint from fucking fifty soldiers trying to shoot him. Because yeah. that's kind of understandable. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's fucking, it makes no sense. But having said all of that, the 
best fucking shot of the whole film comes next where they're on the rooftop and Skeletor just slowly yeah. fucking rises up in deep Beautiful. focus in his chat. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Like that is on he's just on his fucking massive flying fucking throne and he just rises up slowly in deep yeah. focus. It's that, that is great. Conversely, the um the hoverboards, for want of a better phrase. Terrible. Fucking terrible. How does gravity work on those things as well? Because he turns upside down several times on those. Yeah. I mean, are they powered? Because they don't look like they have any sort of engines or any sort of output to propel them forward or to hold them up in the air. I just don't know. They're from from Eternia as well, right? And he's on Earth. Gravity's bound to be different. Well, you think so, because the planetary masses would be different, wouldn't they? Yeah. So I'm not getting into the physics of this shit. That's just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> break my brain Dude, uh, that almost just, sounded like i knew what i was talking about yeah we do however we do however get somebody shout it's a trap uh and i i just <laughs> lost my shit at yeah, that point that was I awesome absolutely lost my shit um there you go uh, i think i think it's Teela that shouts out it oh is, and, yeah and then like more stupid shit um <laughs> Everybody's having a fight on the rooftop. This is where the fucking guy trips into Dolph Lundgren yeah. as well. Um, Skeletor busts out his fucking force lightning again because yeah. Julie's running around all over the place. And he shoots her in the fucking ankle. Well, if you want to stop her running around, take the legs. But just kill a bit. Shoot her in the fucking head. Yeah. Like, what, what difference does it make? You don't need her alive. No. Again, they, like this is classic fucking 80s cartoon villain fuckery, this is. Like, yeah, you can I... easily kill her. But instead, you'll inflict a mortal wound on her ankle so yeah. that somebody can save her. Yeah, because at, at this point, there's still, you know, there's still some something redeeming, redeemable about this character. They don't kill, or they don't kill humans. Yeah, he's happy killing enough one of the, you know, killing off one of the mutants or wherever he was. That's fine because he's an alien. Aliens don't count. Yeah, please, 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 any sort of alien rights organizations don't come at me. Aliens aren't people. Factually correct. Yeah, but, but we, still. We love all species, but aliens aren't people. Um, Actually, no, can we, re- can we rephrase that? You love you love all species. I hate everybody equally. Fair enough, including aliens. Um, I, I mean, I don't know the way the world's going. I'm not sure I like people too much myself, to be honest. No, so, no um, people suck. Yeah. So, yeah, you shoot in the fucking ankle. Uh, they capture He-Man after loads of people fall into him. Um, but not only that, right? They capture He-Man because there's a bit of a fight going on. And actually... He-Man, Teela, and Man-Arms, despite the fact they're massively outnumbered, they're actually doing all right. They're actually going to win. So Skeletor shouts at them to stop. Yes! Clearly, that's how you end the fight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Enough! Oh, sorry. I said with five-year-olds. This happens at the end as well, and it's even more ridiculous at the end. Um, But yeah, again, this fight in the rooftop is really good. He-Man does the most He-Man move he's done all film, where there's about ten people pile on top of him, and he just just breaks out of them all, sends them flying. Like, all good. But then Julie gets shot in the ankle, so He-Man gets captured. And then, oh, no, wouldn't you know it, she's dying from being shot in the ankle with magic. Um, So, uh, yeah. And then they all of a sudden now, everybody has to get back to Eternia because they have to save save her. Only the sorceress can save her. And never mind the fact that He-Man's been captured. Only the sorceress can save this one random girl who nobody met till about two hours ago. And has no bearing on the fucking universe. Yeah, whereas He-Man is the one person that can actually solve all of this and he's been captured. But let's save Julie. Yeah, let's let's save the girl. Somebody fucking shot her in the ankle. Um, But they need to work out the tune on the key. Now, look, this is a good bit of writing. Like, in a band, he he can play things by ear. That's established. I was was going to say, there's half a line really early on where um, Charlie calls him Mr. Pitch Perfect. Yeah. Or Mr. Perfect Pitch. Never mentioned again. 
Nope. And then he comes up here and he's like, yeah, if I hear it a couple of times, I can, I can remember it. I said, like, that's really good. It's good. You I haven't like been it. battered over the head with it. It's No, it's worked quite yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. That, that's a good bit of writing. I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. Um, it's the first bit of good writing. We're about yeah. 100 minutes in. But, you know. oh, no, I mean, there's, there's some stuff. There is some stuff. Like I said, earlier on, I like I like the front loading of things. Yeah, that was, that was just, good, yeah. Yeah, and, it's, and, and all the exposition worked really well at the start. It's just all this fuckery on Earth, usually. This is the first good writing we've had on Earth, perhaps. Yeah. Um, back to Eternia. He-Man's being held in the throne room and being laser-whipped. Um, but before that, right, they take the sword and they put the sword into this computer chip thing in the arm of the throne. Yeah. Who the fuck designed that? Why is that there? Oh, no, it's because, because one day Skeletor hoped to capture He-Man, probably. But um, why is there I mean, a miniature computer in the arm of the throne that's specifically designed for that it, sword? It is, it is Greyskull, though, isn't it? So that could potentially be where the sword lived. Because it is Greyskull. And, and actually, yeah, if you think about it, the sword the sword is drawn from Greyskull. So I, why would you build it into the arm of the throne? Well, I, don't build, yeah, I don't know why you build it. And why it has to have flashy lights on it. Yeah, I... Because it looks. Instead cool. of putting a fucking USB in it, which is yeah. also it's a flash and a word. Well, no, because they put it in first time. If it was a USB, <laughs> they'd take it out, turn it round, put it back in, turn it round again. And about the fifth time, I, then the fucking. I remember reading somewhere the average number of times it takes the average number of times it takes to put a USB uh, a flash drive in the right way is six. <laughs> Sounds about fucking right. As, yeah, I, I remember reading that's fucking ridiculous. But actually, yeah. I, I don't use them anymore because obviously everything's cloud based. But I, I still have several. Every time I go to use a which way does that go? Oh, hang on. No, no, it's not that way. Yep. And sounds, yeah, sounds about fucking right. Um, so, so he man's being fucking laser whipped. Yeah. And like this, this is fucking inexcusable. This shouldn't have been kept in the film, especially when it's a fucking effect shot and you can fix this. Like he is reacting before the whip yes. is back. It's <laughs> yeah, terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. Like it, it, the whip's nowhere near him. But it's it's kind of ah! like they've, they've animated the whip and then put the put the film underneath it rather than the other way around. It's fucking awful. Um, but all right, whatever, fine. Um, so yeah, he reacts before he gets hit. Um, and then, I you know Kevin needs to go back and, and save Julie, and they all end up in Eternia. And yeah. this is what the film has become now. This has become our third act. This is about saving yeah. Julie and. I get what we're meant to feel for them. I, I, yeah. I get that we're supposed to, you know, we're supposed to feel for these two young kids starting out in life and this is their relationship. And, you know, they started out on the rocks and through having this shared traumatic experience now and gone on this adventure, they realized actually they do love each other and they've got a lot to live for. And I get all of that. Um, but we just, we haven't done the work for it, have we? No, no, that's right. You know, um, I, and it's it's a shame because there is, there is something there that could really take this to the next level. Yeah. But, Anyway, this is there's that. Um, then Skeletor's got the sword. He's got He-Man, and we get the line, um, which I've just I've just called out here because um, I, I watched this the day after watching Masters Universe Revelation. Um, now I Skeletor am master of the universe, yeah. which is called out specifically uh, in the new show. Yes. Um, so Although, I, I I do I dislike the fact that nobody called him Elton Jonathan because that's what he fucking is by the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where, like, I'm not being funny. Even if he's gonna know, he becomes the master of the universe. He becomes a god. He refers to himself as a god as well. Why the fuck does he go into this elaborate Dame Edna fucking gold costume with the horn rimmed glasses? Like, seriously, what the fuck is that all about? Skelegod, isn't it? Um, like they, but, they literally reference. Like this, yeah. this is literally where they draw the inspiration from. The cartoon as well. And I was like, well, yeah, 
I get it. He's supposed to look badass, but yeah, you're right. He kind of. Do you know what he reminds me of? There's been um, all these comparisons of late. I still haven't seen it. But there's been all these comparisons of late between Snyder's Justice League and Joss Whedon's Justice League, and yeah. it, it very much looks like the fucking difference in design between yes. those two. When you're looking at the armor designs, it looks like somebody's just looked at fucking. Like when they were designing Whedon's Justice League, they just looked at this and went, that's what a badass interdimensional being needs to look like. Let's cover yeah. him in gold and make him look fabulous. Like, because <laughs> that's the first thing I thought. Like, that's <laughs> what it looks like. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, it's fine. Like, yeah, I mean, like Alice says, I mean, I remember it bugging me as a kid. I just thought he looked stupid. Like Skeletor always looked really mean and really scary, and then he just looked like a cock. Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, he, he does look a bit like a cock, but it's fine. Langell is doing doing his best with it, um, and and okay, so so here we are now. Now Skeletor has power, right? Yeah. He's he's won, so he thinks he's got power and everything. But what are the stakes of this exactly? Because even when we had all of the preamble in Eternia and everybody's at war and stuff like that. What's Skeletor actually fighting for here? Well, what what fi- does this mean? Well, this is it. He is fighting for control of Grayskull to become master of the universe. But what that we never establish what that actually means, what that entails, and what no. that's going to get him. Yeah, and, and more more than anything, what does that mean for our heroes? And and now are they now going to be subject to slavery? Is, are we talking about a new dark age? Are we? Well, talking yeah, because about... I mean, if you were talking, I mean, I'm talking earlier on about the. the, the the stuff on Eternia having the basis of a very good civil war aspect to it. You make this the end of Act One, yeah. where he is now all powerful. Well, and you've got to start back and build up. I know there were, there were that, plans for that, Mark. But yeah. Funny you should say that, Mark, because I think some people should hold their tongues about that. Right, we're not going yeah. down that road. No, but I mean <laughs> that 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 would make logical sense. I mean, ignoring the the Netflix show, and I I, I agree with you entirely. Um, but you say right, okay, well. That needs to be your first step because then that needs to be the point where they need to start fighting. But that's that's your new status quo. That's that's the problem. Yes. You now need to overcome. Yes. Yeah. And build from there. So then you do have an underclass where you've got He-Man and Man Arms here fighting in the trenches alongside everybody else, trying to you know, stop the oppressive you no know, heel of the of Skeletor and his, his army pressing down. That yeah. no, that's where you build from. Yeah, but we don't As, we don't understand that here, do we? It's no, just it like... doesn't. Yeah, this is the thing. It doesn't mean none of this film means anything for anybody. There are no consequences for anybody. No, he's he's just a fucking giant gold man now. Like it doesn't. We don't understand what this means. We, like he's he's not even threatening to kill He Man at this point. He's just, as far as I can tell, the the worst thing this means is he's now got the BDSM gear on, and like <laughs> He Man's about to take it up the fucking ass because he's like it's always been us. He Man is always us. It was always us. Yeah, <laughs> let me leave up my staff. Yeah, uh, so I, I don't understand what the stakes are here now. No, I, I, I don't. I don't get what this means. He's got the power, but he was already throwing force lightning and teleporting between dimensions, and, and had already captured. No, he'd already captured the incapacitated sorceress. So yeah, there was so no challenge to his power either. No, so I, I don't. I don't get it. It's, I, I, don't, I don't get what this means. Um, yeah. And then, then he starts aggrandizing as well. You know, and we get fucking fabulous line um which which i've read that actually langella um actually just ad-libbed on the day um which which i'll give him a pass for because it's uh, an awesome line he delivers it very well but it really fucking bugs me from a story perspective um because then he says tell me about the where are your friends he man tell yeah. me about the loneliness of good is it equal to the loneliness of evil okay really good line but here's the thing doesn't fit here doesn't fit here and also any good villain skeletor included the villain never thinks they're evil. No. 
they they have to be in the right. Whatever Skelter was doing, he has to believe that he's right. Yes, he's not otherwise doing he wouldn't it. be doing it. No, he's not doing it just because he's a dick. He's doing it because he thinks it's right. Yeah, he, uh, and whether he, whether he thinks it's right that he should rule because he would do things differently, or no, yeah. no, and, and that's no. that's it, it's not because it could be that he thinks it's right because everybody else is stupid and he's the most intelligent person in the universe and he's the best and he's awesome and they all yeah. need to live under his bootleg. That's fine, hmm. but then you don't turn around and say, "Oh, and I'm also really fucking evil." <laughs> don't do that. That's not yeah. normal. And I mean, there, there is a gag about it again. We said we wouldn't, but in the in the, the Netflix show with Evelyn, where yes. she's talking about her past, and she said, "No, she said I added evil myself." Yes. It's, it's that sort of self-aware, self-referential bit, which that's fine if that's what you're doing and where you're coming from. But that's not what this show is. That's not what this movie is. No, and it and it and it certainly doesn't belong at this point where he's won. No. The crowing does, or where are your friends now? That, that fits definitely. Yeah, that's absolutely. Not, uh, for all, all the all the bluff and bluster, all the fighting, all the people of mine you killed, you're on your own. I, I'm about to stick my foot up your ass. That fits. Yeah. But then the, the no, I say it's a great line, but it just doesn't belong and here at it's, all. It's it is a great line, and I say it's delivered really well as well, which it should be because he's ad libbed it, so you yeah. assume he knows how to deliver it. But you know, it's almost like what what you want instead is like you know, tell me about the loneliness of your righteousness, He-Man, yeah, or something, yeah, rather than where good it and evil. You, what, no, what, yeah, yeah, that's that's where it needs to come from. Um, you know, and, and then again, if you want to, if you want to give this stakes, and if you want to give this some pathos, yeah, you can run off then. It's like, where has it got you, Prince Adam of Eternia? I've dragged myself up from nothing, and now yeah. here you are under my heel, under my rule. You know, and, and you get something out of that, that Skeletor is actually this, just this nobody, just this demon from another dimension yeah. that happens to have been trapped here that was just a fucking soldier in Hordak's army, just just actually an apprentice to Hordak at some point. And now here he is, master of the fucking universe. Yeah. So there's, there's something in that. And again, that's totally different. To, oh, yeah, but I'm just an evil cunt. Um, <laughs> so it, it doesn't ring right with me, but it's great. Like, no. Very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah very, it's, it's a pretty it's line. Fuck, very badass. Yeah. Um, and then there's... Then, like, he escapes and stuff. Um, you know, everybody shows up. Tealer and Manon's every show up. He-Man escapes. And Skeletor literally just stands back. Bear in mind, he's now a god. Just yeah. stands back and watches them all fight and barks orders at them. Yeah. He's just watching from the... Like you were saying, he goes, enough earlier on. He's literally just watching, going, get him! No! Yeah, he's like... Hang on a minute. Yeah. You are the most powerful being in the universe at this yeah. point. Why Let are you just blink watching? and make them all disappear? Yeah. What are you doing? Um, but he man manages to get to the sword, draw now, it from this, the magic. This is the bit I fundamentally disagree with. He didn't eject the drive properly before he pulled it out. <laughs> it's not going to work properly. Would have crashed the fucking castle, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> we all but, know. Um, yeah. But I mean, even, like with that, he, so he he tries to put his hand on it, and no, Skeletor's off with the force light and all the rest of it. Why? Why is he just not making it? The sword is fucking entrapped. Again, he is a god. He can do anything. Yep. Yep. Fucking me melt the sword. So as soon as he man pulls the handle, there's no fucking sword attached to it. Yep. Do anything you like, but no, you're right. So he man draws the fucking sword from the stone. Yeah. And then we get it. the funky disco lights. Get the funky disco. He holds it aloft and screams, "I have the power!" Now again, right? We've gone this far, right? So why is it not by the power of Grayskull? Yes. I have the power. Okay. And but not only what, that, why are we now 100 minutes into a 106-minute movie before we get that? What is, is the power of Grayskull? This, what does this, that mean? This is the important thing. Now, he doesn't refer to the power of Grayskull, okay? No. So I can give him a pass on that. But the important but thing is... The, 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 the power bits, that, yeah. need, that needs to come from somewhere. The, we need the, to know about this power. 
the suggestion is there that when he draws the sword and shouts, I have the power, he is powered up. Like, the suggestion is there. All of a sudden, yeah, you get the glowy lights and what have you, and he doesn't physically transform, but there's a suggestion that he is now more powerful than he was before. Now, of course, we all want that. That's what we fucking showed up to see, right? But if we're getting it now 100 minutes in, why didn't that happen like when they're running around looking for the key, when they're fighting everybody else. At any point, T-Man could have said, I have the power. And look, there's an easy explanation for this as well. And I just needed a line of dialogue to say this. And again, it's about removing that power to make him fallible. I'm all yeah. in favor of it. All you have to do is is have him do it the first time he goes to Earth and then be like, what the fuck? Oh. Doesn't work on Earth. So you have it right at the start of the film. Yeah, when, when they're fighting the, the army and all yeah. the rest of it. And he takes everybody out, gets to Earth, tries to do it, doesn't work, gets his fucking ass handed to him. Yeah, Superman 3, basically. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then he gets here, like, again, then this moment is your ear punch then. And this is like, yes, Seaman's back and he's going to kick everyone's ass. And then you just have him mop the fucking floor with Skeletor at that point. Yeah. Um, but we don't do that. And that's a, that's a fucking open goal. Like, yeah. that is so easy. Well, yeah, that was the thing. So I remember, could we get it then and we get it, uh, at the end of the film for the credits roll as well. Yeah. So hang on, we've not had it for 100 minutes, we've twice in six minutes. Yeah. And it doesn't mean anything. It nope. doesn't mean anything to anybody watching. No, nope, so because I mean, you haven't you haven't yeah. established it within your story. Yeah, you haven't established that He-Man is a powered individual. Yeah. I, and again, I, I'm all for removing the power. Like that's, yeah. where, that's where the real dramatic heft of your story is. I'm not saying that I want him to have the power throughout the film because then there's no real tangible threat and there are yeah, no you states. want him to not have it because then he's got, he's got it. I mean, uh, it's been need... done so many times in so many better ways. I mean, oh, most recently God. probably Thor. Um, yeah. Again, take away the power of Thor, he's then, a, he's then it's just a big dude on Earth who gets his ass handed to him several times. Yeah, it, it, it's... And then earns it. And that's yeah. fine. I, 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 I agree. I think that, that would work far better. So you get this bit where he all of a sudden he pulls out the sword and says, I have the power. Right, okay, fine. What power? Yeah. Great, because... Is that the same power that Skeletor had? Have you know taken Skeletor's power? And again, this is so easily explained by having him have it in the beginning, and you like show us the effect of it. Mm. Then when he yeah. doesn't have it on Earth, you have like just a little bit of bollocks from Gwildor about oh, well, actually, probably you can't Different. use the sword as a conduit for the power of Grayskull on it's Earth too far, because it's too far away. You're too far away. Keys, keys not working. Blah blah. blah what whatever. Right. Yeah. Maybe some bollocks around it. Yeah. Just write some fucking. Chuffer. Just, just fucking fill it in with whatever the fuck you want, right? Yeah. Fine. Padding. Fine. Then he gets back here, and all of a sudden he can have the power of Grayskull again, kick everyone's ass, um, and then we get the classic family movie villain death by falling from Skeletor. No, why in Bit the of death fuck? by misadventure. Yeah. Why in the fuck is anybody building these throne rooms on space stations or in castles with a fucking hundred foot drop in it? Why in <laughs> the fuck would you do that? Because the villain has to have some way to fall so the hero doesn't kill them and have blood on their hands. That's but, why. But clearly, Gary Gordon has seen fucking Return of the Jedi at this point. You yes. know how this works. Why the... F I don't... Again, it's that logic gap. Why do you have these big pits everywhere? It just I, I doesn't think, make any fucking sense. I, I think they're probably just designed that way. It's like literally, they probably call it like the villain pit or something where you just yeah. fucking... That if shit goes down, that's where your villain's going to fall. You probably never need it. Don't worry about it. Just go down there, clean it out once a year. You'll be all right. Leave it there. Um, well, you just have it kind of no, no self-cleaning. No, There's enough of a ramp at the bottom. Nothing settles. It just, run, just flows just out. It rolls straight down, yeah. So, yeah. There he, so he falls uh, down the fucking pit. Um but the, the bit I was on about with the, the, the funky disco lights actually is when they're having their fight and the, the spotlight changes colour behind He-Man every couple of seconds 
Yeah. It's, it's, it, no, it, for, for no reason, because they, they weren't doing that all the way along. All the, the entire time that uh, Skeletor was you know, was aggrandizing, the whole time where he, he was, they, were, you know, they were doing all this power exchange thing, it was all perfectly normally lit, and it was all fine. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, right, okay, we need to backlight He-Man with red. No yeah. no green. No no white, white. No green. No red again. And it's just like it's just like they've got a button and they're changing the colours. We can't, they can't agree on what colour it's going to be. Yeah, they don't know what they don't know what the colour of grey skull is going to be, so they just throw it fucking all in there. Yeah. Um, so that that wound me up, and then so the whole thing with the pit. I don't get why you'd have these pits there, but again, t- typical. No, it's I say it's a family friendly death whereby death no, he, 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 Yeah, he 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 dies because he he fell trying to attack. He man yeah. didn't throw him in. Yeah. Even though the classic He-Man move would literally have been to pick him up and chuck, chuck him, him in, yeah, <laughs> that, him in. That, is, that is He-Man's signature move. Just pick yeah, him up and throw, throw him. him in the pit. Like, also throw him so that he takes evil in and about four stormtroopers out as well. Yeah, um, I, I believe it was actually written into the fucking contractual agreement for the film that He-Man couldn't kill anyone. That's why they're yeah. all robots. Um, so, yeah, Makes that sense. happens. Yeah, that happens. And then... Right, here's... Okay, I need to calm down before I go into this because this is Game of Thrones level stupid. Take a breath, Chris. Okay, right. So, Julie's whole thing is about she's feeling responsible for a parent's death, okay? Gwildor literally offers to send her back in time to any point in time that she likes. Now, I have multiple problems with this, okay? And I'll address them one at a time. Her first reaction is... No, we'll just go home. To right. a home which isn't there anymore because it's been fucking trashed. Right. So there's, there's problem number one. Then, as she's going through the portal, she suddenly remembers, oh, no, hang on. Oh, my parents, are de- my parents are dead. Hang I on. I can fix this. So she shouts back through the portal, although Gwildor doesn't hear what she's shouting. And Kevin has already gone through and the Kevin's portal's already been set. And at no point, and, and I double-checked this, because it annoyed me so much. Yeah. At no point does she tell fucking Gwildor that her parents are dead and she feels responsible. So he would have no idea yeah. that she wants and to she go back. And fin- she doesn't finish the sentence. It's not as a take me back before my parents died. It's, I want to go back. Back to... Yep. Now, so, okay. So for that to work, okay, again, this had to be Julie's story. For this yeah. to be the end of our film, which it does, yeah. you know, it does put an end on it, all right? But for this to be the end of our film, it needed to be Julie's story. Yeah. And it's not because we don't open with her. Because then they look at the fucking thing and they see that, oh, we were actually there. We were actually in Grayskull. And then He-Man's in the little orb. I say, like, yeah, but uh, you didn't express any wonder at being in Grayskull. You weren't. Like, aside from, the fact, aside from the fact she wanted to escape. And again, surely it's better then if they spend more time on Grace Girl because she's escaped Earth. And then you yeah. can have a whole dramatic beat with her where actually, like, does she want to go back? Yeah, she, yeah. Really? And this is where you work in her conversation with Gwildo then of like, oh, there's nothing back there for me, Gwildo. My parents are dead and it's my fault. And then so all of this like can work really well, but it doesn't because you haven't done the work. Now, that's all annoying because it could work and doesn't. What's even more annoying is right at the end of the film here now, we establish that the key can not only send you interdimensionally, it can send you through fucking time. Yeah. So, at so you the go point... back in time to get the other one off fucking Skeletor in the yes. first place. Of course you fucking do. You've just broken the entire film, you idiots. Well, that's the thing. And, but you know, it's, it's not as if it's the, the baby Hitler argument. No. it's Because, it's... again, none of that's there because the rules aren't established. Because yeah. if you establish that it can do time, yeah, it's like, it's like it's an afterthought. It's like, oh, we can have a sequel out of this. What can we do next? Time heist. Hey. Yeah, 
like, like, fine. <laughs> if it's going to be a time traveling key, fine. But then, yeah, yeah that but makes it a time traveling key from the start, from the off. From the start, and, and that needs to be part of it. Then you can have some fuckery with that as well. Like, look, here's another better film. Instead of going to Earth, go back in time in Eternia. Yeah. Go forward in time in Eternia. Go forward in time in Eternia to a time where Skeletor's the Skeleton God and he's ruling over everybody and you go all terminate about it and you see how bad it is. Yeah. Right? Fine. But to suddenly get to the end of the film and go, oh, by the way, we can fucking time travel. Yeah. Well, why didn't you do that like 100 minutes ago then and yeah. save my fucking Saturday afternoon? Because I could have been drinking beer. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, I was. That's why I watched it last night. I was drinking beer. Yeah, I, I was, but I could have been drinking more beer and enjoying myself more. <laughs> um, so, like, this is truly fucking awful, this film. Like, there, there were points where I was like, eh, this is okay. But as a whole, like, when you sit back and reflect on it, as a whole, and I know there are people who love this now. Like, this is out of real oh, it's, it's, Yeah, it's like a proper cult. It's, it's seen as a proper yeah. cult classic now. Um, it's fucking awful. Like it has, and the reason it's awful is simply because the plot is wafer thin and entirely nonsensical. And look, the biggest thing for me and regular listeners to the show will, will already know this. Like, yes, I, I can have have a lot of appreciation for, for performance. I have a lot of appreciation for good direction and, and film as a whole. And, and I've got a lot of appreciation even for good compositions. Like some things I'll watch just because they look fucking pretty. But first and foremost for me, story is always fucking key because if your story is not working, if your script isn't there, then you, you just can't polish a turd. And this is like this is one of the worst examples we've had on this show, I think, in terms of this. It's it doesn't hang together yeah. at all. For like it's it's awful. It's just, it's just no other way. For it. It's absolutely abysmal. And like, yeah, there's there's a lot to like apart from that. You know, there are some decent performances. There's some really good physical performances, and there's some really good action scenes. But I just don't fucking care about any of it. Yeah. Like, it's it's such a fucking mess. Yeah. Like, uh, so I think that was my problem um, going into coming out of it this time. And so I, I have a lot of baggage with it as a kid. And I, I, I do remember there were things I disliked about it at the time. The fact it wasn't on a turner, the fact that some of my favourite characters weren't in it, the fact it wasn't He-Man as we knew it. But I, it's still something that, you know, as a, as a child, I would go back to and back to and back to because, um, again, we didn't have fucking loads of you know, loads of uh, films anyway. Even the stuff we taped off TV, we probably only had but a dozen or so things we would cycle through anyway. Um, so, I mean, there, there's, there's a fondness for this. But sitting down and watching it last night, I'm thinking, right, OK, well, that's a fucking mess. That doesn't work. That doesn't make sense because you've already done that. And if you hadn't done that, that would have worked, but in only in this way. So... That for me is one of the biggest the biggest takeaway is that there's there's some really good bits, there's some bits that have been really well realized, hmm. but there are other bits which are just an absolute clusterfuck. Yeah, completely. I, and you know, there are there are films we've watched again, you know, the, the likes of Mortal Kombat, for instance, that are equally as paper thin, but what they have, they make work, and then you can kind of know you didn't like it, but then I can kind of go along with the ride because I'm like, well, it, it does at least fucking hold together just about. Yeah, there, this, was, there seemed to be a bit more form to that one. There seemed to be a bit more structure to that one. This yeah. is just this is just like, oh, we've got an idea. That's only going to take 40 minutes. We've got another idea. That's shit. Let's make it He-Man. People will buy it if it's He-Man. Right, that's only 40 minutes. Right, let's smush them together, put some exposition in to drum it up to 100 minutes, and we'll be all right. And, and that's the thing. That's what this feels like. It feels like... It feels like overreaching and underperforming is, is what this feels like yeah. in terms of the script anyway. You know, in terms of, like I said, production design and, and all of that and some of the performances, they absolutely hit the mark. But in terms of the script, it was like, oh, 
yeah, let's let's make a Star Wars, but we haven't got the license to Star Wars. So, oh, He-Man, that'll do. And then they built this huge fucking story on it, two huge stories on it. Hmm. And then they just got bored almost halfway through, I think, and gone, oh, yeah. it doesn't matter. It'll be fine because it's He-Man. The kids will yeah. watch it. Don't worry. And, and that's the impression you get is that they've gone, right, we've got the license for He-Man. We don't want to make He-Man. We want to make Star Wars. Yeah. So let's do that, but with He-Man instead. Oh, we can't make it too similar because people aren't going to buy He-Man in a Luke Skywalker role. So we need to make it something a bit different. Right, okay, well, we can make it this family adventure movie, but that doesn't really work with He-Man either, right? What could... And it's just that they've gone, right, we've got, an, we've got some ideas and we, 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 have, we, have, um, we have the license for it. So let's just try and shoehorn it in. And I think, um, I think it was David Selznick when um, they bought the rights to Rebecca, it was like, we've got the rights to Rebecca, we're going to make Rebecca. But actually, when you compare the film to the book, they're fucking very different. Yeah. Um, and it's that sort of thing where it's like, we've got, the, we've got the rights, we've got the license, but we don't really know what to do with it. What to do with it, yeah. And, and look, sometimes adaptation can work really well. And, and we, we seem to talk about this quite a lot. It must just be the, the type of projects we pick. Um, but it always works best when, you know, even if it's completely different, you can tell that people just gave a fuck. And again, you know, talking about Revelation as we have then, just understood the heart of the show. Mm. And that's what's missing here, is that it feels like they don't understand the heart of the franchise. And, yeah. and, and at a surface level, they've just looked and they've gone, oh, well, it's just the skeleton guy and the big dude beating yeah. the shit out of each other. And we'll take a couple of supporting characters. We need, yeah. we need a couple of women just to make it a bit more fucking balanced. Yeah. And yeah, we'll just do that. Yeah, and for me, like, that's that's not enough. No, that, that's that's not. that's not. If you know, when, when we look at things like Mario, which is you know also very bad as we know, but I'm able to enjoy it, and actually, you know, I I, I do really quite enjoy Mario, but it's because with that again, for what it is, this story hangs together, and yes, it's an adaptation, but it's so far off the reservation that you're able to kind of go with it and they fully commit to what they're doing. At yeah. no point do they try and pull that back and go, oh, well, we go back to Earth now. They commit to it. Yeah. And it's and like, the yeah, they... is that they've, they've kind of gone, right, okay, well, this is a, an interpretation of that world. Yes. It's not just this is an interpretation of Mario. This is, right, we're going to build that world. We're going to build Goombas. We're going to have Yoshi. We're going to have Toad. The, no, we, we go, we're going all in. We're going to say, right, okay, we are making... It's okay. It's a different version. I mean, it's fucking. There's a human aspect to it, and that, that's fine. But we're going to commit to it. So even when we do have police cars, for example, they're going to be fitted out for Gumbers, and they've got fucking bulldozer yeah. things on the front because that's how we deal with problems here. They yeah. they made that world. They haven't tried to shoehorn it and say, right, we're going to make them. Okay, Mario and Luigi are no Mario and Luigi are fish out of water. They're in a completely different place. That's fine. But at least there's a consistent world with this one. It's like. Apart from that, they don't know what they're eating. Yeah. Everything is kind of, well, yeah, it just works the same. We shoot stuff, it dies. We throw things, they go flying. And yeah. none of it really matters. And it could be anywhere because it, they've not they've not done the work or the, the production team haven't done the work to build that world. Well, I mean, it's, I don't know. This is conjecture on my part, but it feels like they just built Grayskull. And as you say, it was a massive set. So they're okay there because it's internal. Yeah. And then they've gone, right, but we can't afford... To build a tunia, so just fucking set it in LA, be fine. Yeah. Still, like it's cheap, we just go out on the fucking street, be all right. Yeah, there'll, that, be a back lot. there'll be a back lot somewhere where this those sort of sets are still standing, so we'll just go and shoot in fucking downtown LA. Yeah. And that's that's what it feels like. It, it's it's half assed. This whole film 
just feels half-assed. Which is which is a shame, isn't it? You look at them, you look at the quality of the cast you've got, and look at you've got Langelli, but London, even though, even at the start of his career, you know, he has a great presence. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, that's, you, know, you you have that. You've you've got a recognisable product, and you just piss on it. Mm, yeah, totally, totally. And it, you know, like I said, that seemed to be par for the course. We we've done a lot of these late eighties to mid 90s and early 2000s adaptations of things now and it seems to be part of the course where people just go ah it's a license fuck it and you know that that worked the other way particularly with video games you know every fucking video game that's based on a movie was a lazy fucking side-scrolling platform shooter or whatever yeah. you know that was just it we got the license people would buy it whereas you know and that, now, that's the surprising thing with this i mean this had the masters of the universe license and it grossed 17 million dollars I think people just knew it was a turd. I think word must have got out. It must have. Quickly. I think not. I mean, not only that. I mean, I think that there was. A, I mean, there, there would have been a general consensus that it was going to be shit. But actually, when you just start, you just start seeing trailers and stuff. I mean, I watched the trailer last night. That's on the MGM channel as well. And you look at it and go, "What the fuck has this got to do with He-Man?" And that, and that's the thing, isn't it? I, and I think you can tell from the poster as well. To be honest, you don't look at the poster and think He-Man. You look at the poster and you think, Conan. "Yeah." slash star wars with yeah. the way you've got skeletal behind him and stuff as well you like yeah and you've got um, you've got julie and kevin in the foreground and with the way so yeah. there's like some cartoony like to it and yeah so i i i totally i, I totally understand how it bombed um I, I, and you know especially i i think i can understand it bombing in the cinema because like word of mouth particularly then would have been a big thing in the cinema because in the 80s you you had to really want to go to the cinema to go it's not like now yeah. where every fucking town's got a multiplex like you you could have waited fucking months to yeah. see this thing so somebody would have told you that it was shit but you're not gonna bother i don't understand how it didn't blow up on home video but i no. mean it, it just it, like i say it was always on tv so i think maybe it found an audience there and it certainly found an audience now you know i know people yeah. do fucking like this now yeah. people fucking love it um i'm not one of them i'm afraid uh i i will not be bothered if i never see this film again <laughs> i really won't no. i mean i i've not seen this film since i was a kid probably since i was about seven or eight maybe maybe a little bit older maybe maybe call it 10 i mean that's still the best part of 30 years i've not seen this fucking movie before um i went out of my way to find it because it's not widely available um by out of my way i mean i drove fucking 16 miles had rifled through the attic in the fucking baking heat on sunday yeah found the cunt and then realized there wasn't a vcr there to play it <laughs> which i was quite annoyed about because my vcr was supposed to be there somewhere but my old man threw it out um so i mean I, I, I went looking for this thing i've found it another way i sat down and watched it and i've gone yeah i can remember why i liked it but fuck me. I can totally see why you would have liked it as a kid. Um, as I say, I, I personally didn't because it always just pissed me off. It, just, it wasn't He-Man was the problem, but I think I was okay with that to a point. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not the film I'd have watched most often. I mean, in our house, there was a sort of cycle between Star Wars, uh, New Hope, Empire and Jedi, Jason and the Argonauts, Clash of the Titans, all that sort of shit. And then... We'd occasionally dip into this or into um, Transformers or Thundercats. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, this wasn't on every time. There was a point with Star Wars, certainly with Return of the Jedi, where my brother and I could be playing. One of us would, go, would leave the room. We'd go and get a drink. We'd go for a piss, whatever. We'd come back and we'd still say the fucking words in time and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. Never the case with this. But I remember, I, I, I remember watching this a lot. Yeah. But that, no, and, so, and so there must have been an appeal there somewhere beyond the fact it was He-Man. But... For the fucking life of me, I can't remember what that is. 
No, I can't that... remember what it would have kept me going back to it. I certainly can't remember. I can't see anything now that's going to make me. Up. I want to watch that again. Yeah, no, I, I never want to watch this again. Um, in, in case you can't guess from my my tone, I do not think this is better than Mario Brothers. I really don't. I, I think actually Mario is one of the most direct comparisons you can draw because they're oh, both yeah. licenses. They're completely different. And a hundred times out of a hundred, if you put the two in front of me now, I'm watching Mario Brothers. Yeah, me too. I mean, I. I... I wasn't as taken with Mario as you were, um, but yeah. I think I think I have a reaction to Mario that you have to this. I think yeah. is, is the thing as a kid, you know. So that yeah. counts for something, definitely. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, there's, there's certainly that sort of nostalgia is, is a very yeah. much a, a part of all of this. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, yeah, not better than Mario. I mean, I, I I didn't take to Mario as much as you did, but this is not better than Mario at all. Definitely not. Um, as always, we'd love to hear people's thoughts. Um, just generally on on this film or we we may have mentioned there's a show on netflix we might have mentioned that once or twice if you've got oh, opinions look. on that yeah, look. <laughs> look if you want to if you want to come for me on that i'm up for it because uh, yeah honestly, I, i'm with you on that one blood I, fucking boils reading some of these comments seriously yeah. um yeah i mean i i've read i've, I've read some comments I've, I've avoided a lot of them i mean i may have done an impression of you on friday and cried a little bit I, do you know what? I'm surprised I didn't. I nearly, and, and no spoilers, but yeah. I came very close at the end of episode four. And I managed to hold it together, which amazed me. I guarantee you, by the time we reach the end of the second season, where. Oh, like a little bitch with a skinny. A, a, character, a character finds out the actual revelation, which is obviously what they're talking about in the title, and has to ascend to their throne of power. Yeah. I will cry my fucking eyes out. Absolutely. <laughs> But yeah, right. I, I I did cry a little bit, um, which is not like me at all. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, I'm on your side on that one. But yeah, if, um, apparently, no, people didn't like it. I don't understand why. Apparently so. Uh, I don't understand why. Apparently, people uh, don't like women and don't like story. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, um, that may I, be why they didn't like it. Yeah, I, this isn't going to be that podcast. Um, yeah. If you want us to do that podcast, let, let us know. Because yeah, let's have it. I can talk about that show for. Well, we're an hour and 53 now ish. It'd probably be less by the time you listen to this because of edits and shit. But I could talk about that show for two hours. No fucking problem. I can probably talk about that show for longer than the fucking show. So <laughs> if that's a podcast you want, listeners, let us know by yeah, all means. By all, if you just yeah. want to attack me in the comments, by all means as yeah. well, buy it. I'm going to come back at you because I'll, I will defend that fucking show all day long. I thought it was absolutely fucking wonderful. Um, I, th- I think as well, what is key to remember is that we've only had half of it. Yeah, well, this is this is the thing. This, and is, this is the thing that bugs me with it is that people no, and we, we no, may this end up cutting is this. This is Netflix's fault as well. Yes, we just got to say that as well. You got you got put the blame where it fucking lies here. Yeah, and we look, we're both self-confessed Kevin Smith fans as well. So front street on that one. We got to put the blame where it lies here. This is this is clearly the first act and a half of this yeah. story, and to me at least, and I could be wrong. And it could be that we get to the, the second part of this, and I'm furious as well. But to me at the moment, I am 99.999% recurring certain where this story is going to go. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to get there, but I know where this story is going to go. And, and, and it, it tracks and it makes sense. Of course it does. And all of the fucking problems that people have with this are going to be addressed because you can clearly see the story moving towards <laughs> yeah, exactly. them. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's that's an important no, that's an important part to remember. Um but yeah, I mean, whatever your opinions on the movie, on on the, the the original show, on the reboot, on the actually the various iterations of the show, because there've been some it. fucking stinkers as well. Yeah, and and look, we haven't spent three weeks talking about 
He-Man as a franchise and Masters Universe as a franchise for anything other than absolute love. So if you want to talk about any of it, then yeah. by all means, hit us yeah, up. Yeah, let us know. Get in touch. I mean, uh, on Facebook and YouTube, the Double Land Podcast Network, on Twitter, uh, at DD Podcast Net. You can go to our website, ddpodcast.net. You can get in touch with us through there. Uh, wherever you get your podcast from, be it iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Amazon Music, Google Play. Like, share, subscribe, leave a message, leave whatever you want, to be honest, and uh, we'll get back to you as best we can. Until next time. See you later. <laughs>